Hey guys, welcome to uh, episode 30 of Biomast. Uh, I believe we're going to refer to this as the early edition today. So we've got a pretty interesting uh, group of guests, and you'll also notice if you're listening to us live, which means there's probably maybe one, two of you out there listening live, because we're not on our normal time frame. Uh, but what we wanted to do is kind of expand our reach a little bit for some of the some of the folks in the dust community that couldn't normally make it onto the show that we've been wanting to get on. And we've got a couple of them with us here today uh, that I'm sure all of you will know, love, and remember from uh, their escapades on the forums or in-game or just random trollage that you see on Skype or Twitter or whatever. But we'll get into that shortly. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm actually back after a three-week hiatus or so so really appreciate that for uh, uncle sam had a lot of actually had a lot of fun uh, while i was gone uh, but it was a lot of stuff to catch up with and it took me about a day and a half to really soak up some of the different uh hot topics on the forums and uh the different sort of discussions for changes uh, that have been occurring and one of the things that struck me was the amount of change happening right now in uh dust seems to actually be building there's a, a fairly steady increment of balance balance changes and activity going on for the first three hot fixes and sort of the you know what kind of coalesced my around my mind when I was stepping back from uh, from pretty much all dust information for about three weeks and then coming back was the amount of things that were potentially in the works is actually pretty high uh, and at some point I'm gonna, in the show I'm gonna have to slap some tinfoil hat on and try to figure out wh why perhaps that is but there definitely feels like there's a, a, an uptick in the level of, if not development activity, uh, polish activity, or whatever you want to call it. They're doing something back there with like three dudes in a broom closet in, in uh, Shanghai. So it's it's kind of interesting to see. But without further ado, what we'd like to do is uh, kick off with some uh, quick introductions, and we'll go right from the top of the list. So Arkina, you're up first, brother. Hi. That is the man that we know and love is Arkina Wearinspire. <laughs> I am always eloquent. Absolutely. Concise and to the point as always. At some point, he's going to break into a soliloquy that will put Hamlet to shame. And breaking. I don't know why you guys invited me. Uh, as oh, the we other don't guy either. on the That's forum okay. said, <laughs> as the other guy on the forum said, clearly I don't, I don't contribute anything of value to dust. <laughs> well, well you certainly we know better or worse that. than anything that we're doing here. <laughs> okay, Pokey. <laughs> yeah, I'm Pokey Draven, uh, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast. Zell? Sarai Zell, a CPM1 member, a leader in the Top Men Alliance, and, uh, you know, a occasional forum troll. Okay. And secret lover of Kane Sparrow. And I'm Jason Larison. I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations and Agony Unleashed on the Eve side. Yeah, and so just for the record, just, <laughs> just so that it's on there, um, Kane did said he was gonna said he was going to be on this episode again, too, so, um, but... Yeah. You know, if you have two goons in the same place, this this freaking channel will explode. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> no, that's that's OK. It's I mean, Kane legitimately. It's kind of funny watching how his uh, his his engagement, his communication has changed. Like he was uh, the bitterest of the bitter vet for like a, a, towards the end of his CPM time. And it was actually. It was actually really painful to try to engage me in a in any kind of form of communication, and and then suddenly, like out of nowhere, it's like, hmm, I think I'm going to get my even dust is transfer going again. Hmm, I think I'm going to buy some BPOs again. Hmm. So it, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, he's definitely, I think, taken a much needed uh, step away from the game for a little while. So I don't know. Who knows? But although having two good in the I same do. room is just absolute fucking, you know. 
childish laughter for me on my end, though. Kane's reinstalling. He should. He might be on here in a few. Ah, cool, cool. Well, uh, the first thing we're going to do is uh, turn it over to uh, Sryzel for a CPM update. Because my understanding prior to the show, he, he kind of laid some pretty serious shit on us, guys. It was. It looks like a pretty beefy update in terms of uh, CPM discussions this week. And uh, without further ado, we don't want to steal any thunder from the mighty Sryzel. So, Zell, what did Jay, the CPM do this week? Jay is a troll. Um, the CPM actually had like a really long meeting. Um, yesterday last night but it, it wasn't with ccp we we did not we did not have any official meetings with ccp this week so so you've you've all heard it here zell has now confirmed that legion will be a real-time strategy game okay <laughs> all right he told me it was going to be like farmville you lying sack <laughs> no no that's uh that's the new world of warcraft expansion it's like farmville oh hey cat muck arrived when, oh. when wasn't it all right, hold on, guys. Uh, so we have a we have a new new guest, uh, new to the show, and uh, again, I think probably a lot of folks from the Dust community know him. Cat Merck, you mind giving a uh, quick intro to yourself? Oh, <laughs> total fail. It, see, he doesn't have a thumb, so it's really hard for him yeah. to work on a keyboard. On that note, we're gonna wait until Cat uh, Merck like figures out how to like get the animal to human speech, you know, switch button turned on. And uh, we'll kind of kick it off, but but legitimately, we actually have a lot of topics to uh, that that have been brewing for the last couple of weeks. Uh, ah, ah, there he is. Yeah, just going to suggest putting out some cream. Excellent, mm. excellent. So, hi there. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems that what's the button for push to talk? You've got to find that. that. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's under configure and settings. You have to set it yourself. Mm. Right. Noob. We run an incredibly professional. This uh, this is podcast. yeah. This is very very high end. Um, you you then I have to ask again. What am I doing here? Everyone is is voice checked in advance, and uh, uh, we get everybody set up right. And, no, it's 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 well, all good. Cat is subhuman, so. Yep, we got you. Oh, no, I'm telling you, he's he's at a disadvantage. He has no opposable thumbs, but other than that, I think he's being able to overcome that. Of course, I can. I am the overlord of all humans. I love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll get right on that. Okay, guys. Well, let's let's kind of uh, kick it off, kind of for the first couple topics. Um, and this couple things we very briefly mentioned prior to the show coming on. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about two sort of technical topics in the game. Uh, one of which is um, sort of how eWar needs to to adjust away from a binary sort of I win you lose sort of mechanic to something that's a little bit more. Um, that's got a little bit more give and take to it and provides some flexibility for folks outside of the scout class. So what I'd kind of like to do is just kind of open it up to the floor to you guys uh, in terms of what your general thoughts are. Actually, Zell, if you, if you don't mind, would you kind of do a quick 30-second tee-up of what the proposal is for the, um, I guess, the, the precision and dampening bands or the sort of the bullseye method that they've been discussing on the forums? And we can kick it out to our illustrious guests and we can have a quick conversation on it. Okay, so basically, it's it's fairly simple. Is right now um, everybody has kind of a scan, you know, a scan range um, around them, their their passive scan range, and you're either you either meet it or you don't. And the big change that they're working on is that there will be 
three circles of of passive range um of which will be you know above the the outermost will obviously be the weakest and the innermost to be the strongest so that uh the distance people are from you actually has an effect on their ability to be be seen or not seen uh on scanners okay well i mean off the top of my head that sounds like a a a, a better way to do it than we're doing it now i'm kind of curious what are your guys thoughts on it it's actually a pretty eloquent way to do it because it means that uh, a decreased profile means you can just get closer to somebody before being scanned rather than at whatever range you're impossible to see on scans. I think it it again it pushes a little more player thought into e-war and actually knowing okay I can get this close to this guy before he's going to be able to see me rather than running around like an idiot because you know your your profile's below a certain point. So I think it it puts a little more skill into it that you have to move around and be smart and position yourself in a way where you can actually get the kill without getting within the range where he's going to see you. So I think it's at least on the, a broad scale, a pretty good idea. All right. I'm going to have to ask a question to clarify before I weigh in here. Are they going to be changing the, whoever has the lower profile or signature uh, profile or uh scanner strength? You know, I mean, Ooh, is it automatically going to be that binary? If you're underneath their number, you win automatically. Yes, it's going to stay that yeah. way. Ah, Apparently, it's very hard coded into the game and hard to change. Son of a bitch. I'm not convinced the set of changes will do much because the rings are only 10% changes, and they're not the differences between rings aren't huge. Yeah, that's I, the problem. And actually, the other thing is that uh, the scout Ewar superiority is just so far ahead of all the other suits that uh, they won't be able to compete even if, um, uh, even if uh, with these changes, because an undampened scout can still go go right up to an assault on shot, even if the assault has a precision enhancer and get under the scans. It's almost it's almost entirely impossible to get a assault suit scan profile underneath an undampened scout profile period and stop even the minmatar scout it's almost impossible uh, oh, this yeah. is my problem with the th with the thing um everybody's sensor blind scouts still retain the advantage yeah i don't i don't now i just want to make sure i'm clear like you're you're referring to getting the assault suits profile below a scout suit scan uh, is that what you're saying no getting the, it's either case scout. in both case yep. in both case an undampened scout you're not going to be able to scan them no matter how many precision enhancers you okay. put in because no, of stacking that's not penalties. quite that's not quite true you can actually get an undampened scout scanned on short if you stack a load of uh, precision enhancers but i think the cost right. of doing that is disproportionate to what scouts are sacrificing that is exactly that. kind of my point, because unless you're dropping four of them in to an assault, odds are you're not picking them up, especially if he's got his E-War skills to five. Yeah, I mean, it just conceptually, I if you if you take an assault or a, you know, I used to do this with Logi suits, actually. I would run a kind of an E-War style Logi suit, uh, Cal Logi, that was racked out with uh, precision enhancers. Uh, but one of the things that strikes me is that I don't mind if a scout suit can... Like well, I guess conceptually, what I would like is if I if I wanted to make the trade-offs for an assault or a logi to increase my range or my precision, I want a chance to find a scout suit, unless it's at the very highest end of its capability. Even but if it's I, only a one in twenty chance. Uh, something you know, I, I mean, I, I think there, there's got to be some reality involving in in it because what I don't like is when 
when you're within five meters of a scout and they're within visual range and you can see them, they still don't show up on your, um, uh, on your overhead. That's, that's a little shady to me, uh, yeah. particularly the, un the uncloaked ones. So, I mean, I, I, I think like personally, when I heard the 10% number, I think that's a little weak too. Would you say that really the only thing is that it particularly needs to be a stronger effect of these circles? I mean, like what uh, I was talking conceptually is that it should be pretty darn near impossible to stand directly behind someone and not uh, and not be seen on scan. At least not if you're undampened. Yeah, I'll buy that. Well, I actually, I if you look at the spreadsheet I linked, that's exactly what I did. I changed the numbers around so that... As long as you have one to two enhancers, a scout will have a lot of difficulty to go under your scanners at short range. I think that's pretty that's, fair. Yeah, that's kind of the design. Also, well, unless you're but, a fat suit, but I'm not really going to argue that point because they're supposed to be the uh, bane of the fat suit anyway. Mm. Yeah, the other thing is the, uh, the range of the shortest ring is actually so short on uh, non-scout suits that uh, you're actually in knife range before things are in a shot. Which is, I suppose, even if you are picking them up, it's a little bit too late at that point. Yeah, yeah. on Elogy, the short range with two amplifiers will be 18 meters, so... Mm. That's so still inside the uh, small ring of the radar. That's that's just it. The small ring of the radar is within 20 meters. Then you get the next one is within, uh, I want to say, another 40 meters out. And the outside ring is somewhere around 120 meters. Well, there, there's there's two things there's two things here. One is you know just kind of the sort sort of the actual player feel of it. it. You know, I do think that scouts should have the capability with a properly fit suit to be able to get right up to you with an overknife range. I mean that that is that is sort of what their thing is. Mm -hmm. now the, well, now the that is still true. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, now, what I would also offer is the first thing I saw when I looked at the uh, kind of the bullseye method, it, because it it's it strikes me that they could actually make additional rings. So basically, you make the increments uh, like much smaller increments, but like have the fan go out longer. Does that kind of make sense? Like instead of having these big chunk increments in terms of where the fall offs are. Like make smaller. Yeah, it actually makes sense, but I don't asked. think suits have enough range for that. Ah, oh, that's fair enough. Okay. Because if you divide uh, some of the scan ranges of any non-scout suit into more than three things, you end up with such tiny ranges. Yeah, yeah I actually asked on the thread if it reduces performance because I just wonder if adding extra rings reduces uh, performance. Honestly, if I was going to suggest an improvement to the concentric rings thing, I would change the, uh, not the precision enhancers, but the range enhancers so that they don't provide a percentage because I'm sorry, starting at 10, 15 meters on a suit, the percentages are pathetic. Uh, the, as far as I'm concerned, the range extenders for all of the suits should provide a flat bonus. The thing about that is then you end up with scaling issues like what you have with um, plates and extenders and things. If you have a flat bonus, then it's uh, there's no, it's no different between uh, suits than potentially a Sentinel could uh, stack a bunch of evil mods. Yeah, get down he to, could. Yeah. You will know what happens to a Sentinel who stacks nothing but E-War mods. They end up with lots I, of E-War on an HMG? <laughs> I, I've, I've done this. I've played this game. You get ripped apart by the guy with the assault rifle. Is all, it's That's a 50-50 chance. That's because it's percentage-based. 
Mm, but the thing is, if you had None the evil, you'd actually be able to see that assault before he got to you. No, the thing is, is unless... The thing is, is uh, you're not going... The only people that you're going to be able to see, period, are going to be assaults. It's that simple. Assaults and logistics. Um, you cannot get a sentinel sensors well, under the scout. I, I would agree with that. I, I would also just as anecdotally, I've seen a couple of people run, uh, you know, men, Mimitar sentinels with damps. And oh, I've done it. That is a... That's one of the, the more entertaining troll fits I've seen in a while. But that's the problem, is it's only valuable as a troll fit. It's not valuable as an actual uh, combat fit. Well, not I mean, for anything. Yeah, I mean, what, what, you're, what you're describing is, like, you know, in, in my head, like something like a Blops battleship. Yeah, is Wait, how you want, low can the Sentinel get with that? Not under... You can't get a Sentinel's damps. Even with a, uh, a Mars suit, you can't get your Sentinel under a... Uh, a scout's uh, scan profile. Mm. It's but impossible. Can, but you can get it under assault and logi suits, and that's usually where the where the fun is. That's easy. That's why I don't suggest making the uh, dampeners or the precision enhancers. Um, that's why I don't want to make the damps or the precision enhancers a flat number. Just uh, okay, the I range. Did you then? Because I thought that you meant that you'd be able to get absolutely able to stack precision not. On, yeah, okay. No, 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 no. I only on want the, the range ones to give a flat bonus. That way, the scan, the scanner radar is useful. Because let's face it, if you put, if you take a uh, an Amar Sentinel or a Galent Sentinel, they're going to gain the most from having the. Uh, the range extenders having a flat number, but they're going to get almost no benefit from uh, the other E War mods. I mean, they're too sure. big, they're too clunky, what have mm -hmm. you. And in the Amaris Sentinels case, especially, you only have room for one precision enhancer. Now, this is valuable if you have range because you can get under an assault's undampened scan profile or a Logi's undampened scan profile, even if they have level five in the skill. But you can't get it under any sort of dampened enemy target profiles. Well, hmm. I think a better solution would actually be to increase the base ranges on most suits. Right. Because well, that's I think, necessary, honestly. Yeah, because 10 to 15 meters is absolutely like. nothing. Yeah. Especially considering there's a delay when you scan down a suit, it doesn't instantly show up. No, so, it doesn't. But you are very likely to be shotgunned by the time you have detected the scout. Oh god! Yep. Unless unless you are rocking massive amounts of precision enhancers, you're getting shotgunned. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. True. So I mean, realistically, the only the only chance of being able to get enough precision enhancers in enough to see the shotgun scout, uh, like especially on a sentinel, is going to be if you're running if you're running a Caldari fit, but even you, then, you do that. You all you need is everything. Two dampeners and a cloak, if I remember correctly, to get under the most powerful scans. That's that's exactly it. It's not worth the effort. It's worth the effort to get the scans out so that you can detect uh, assaults and logies. And let's be realistic. If you're going to be playing a sentinel and you're playing point defense, you're worried more about other sentinels. You're worried more about logies and you're worried about assaults. Scouts, you can't do shit about. So why bother trying to get under those those damps? True. I buy that. All right. So, real quick, uh, I think the general consensus is that I, I haven't found anybody that that, that likes the current e-war mechanism. So I think we all 
are pretty much in agreement that there needs to be some change. And I think well, maybe except for scouts, since they have complete superiority. In it. Uh, you know, I tell you what, like after after talking to uh, some pretty dedicated scout players, they're like guys that like play scout like daily and really don't play anything else. They they are okay with the change. I think it's the you know the echelon below that that kind of dabble in it every once in a while is like a go-to suit. Uh, I'm not. I think they're more interested uh, in retaining. I dabble in the scout suits right now, and quite frankly, I don't. I'm actually doing better without the cloak, with a, a quake yes. scout. Yep. I'm. I'm having. Believe it or not, I'm pretty horrible at just about everything in this game except for AV. And I'm getting some pretty impressive risk reward returns with a uh, Quaif Cal Scout with like level three Cal Caldari Scouts and running a Mad Bomber fit. All I'm doing is throwing remote explosives at people and blowing their asses up. I'm getting amazing returns on that tactic. Yeah, because it's overpowered. <laughs> that, if I remember correctly, the Apex suits actually have a remote explosive fitted. Not sure, but they do. One of them has. Uh, yes. I'm told so, the Gal the Gal Scout yeah. one has has it. Exactly. Someone uh, so, told me in Discord yeah. the other day that it was a change, but I've never heard nothing about that. Uh, yeah. Another f another fun one to consider is the. Uh, oh great! I lost my train of thought. Well, congratulations. My brain doesn't work. Yay! Well, your scan attempt failed. <laughs> yep. On the note of uh, not using a cloak, I don't actually think the cloak is particularly useful. It, it has... can be. If you're standing still, it's hella useful. It's, it's but useful if you're length, moving, it's worthless. It's a good hiding uh, toy. Depends. I and mean, honestly, with especially... uh, when you've got Scout... Okay, go ahead. Okay, when you've got Scout Ewar, you should probably know where everyone else is well enough to be able to hide without the cloak. I'm going to have to disagree with you here, uh, especially when you've got a Kaldari scout. This is one of the reasons why we're seeing so many little beggars. Once you know where the target is, and you've got a good enough cloak, you cloak up, and you get close, and then you stop moving. And then all you have to do is wait for them to move. Once they are not facing directly at you, you can get up behind them, Nova knife them, or shotgun them in the back, however you want to do it. Me, I'm going to try the mass driver, because it's far more entertaining. Well, that's another issue with the fact that direction of where you're facing shows up on scans now. Well, I'm oh, talking hey, you can even do it visually. And ladies and gentlemen, Kane Sparrow, can you give a quick intro, please? Yes, uh, Kane Sparrow, a former member of the CPM, so a member of CPM1. I need to change my settings. I'm currently typing tons of cues in Skype, apparently, because Holy of my push crap, to talk setting. Okay, you've officially made Sarazel's day. He's dancing his happy, happy, joy, joy dance right now behind the keyboard. It seemed everything possible that could go wrong did go wrong in me trying to set this thing up, but it, I finally got it to work. I just had to pound the computer enough. <laughs> so There's nothing you can't it. fix All with right. a hammer. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> You just uh, you just hopped into sort of the tail end of our discussion about e war, um, and kind of like I said, there, I think there's a there's a big groundswell for there's a desire to change e war, uh, and I and this is one of these where because it is currently a binary equation in terms of winning and losing, it's there is a there is a need to change it uh, because you're going to disadvantage people. You they don't really have the capability of doing true fall off. I don't think. Uh, you know, past an optimal like you do with a weapon. So, and to me, well, that would be the ideal way of doing it. Even 
with uh, the binary system. I still think they could have handled it better. Uh, I don't scouts disagree. such complete superiority is like it makes it so that the medium frames have nothing to do in the or game. They just break up and do nothing else. No, that's true. I do have a suggestion, I just don't know how viable it is. And that honestly would be to just keep the system that we've got, but just add like a one to fifteen random number generator. Or a 1 to 30, one that can go 15 points up or down on the DB scale. So you can potentially go, your scanner can jump up 15 points and lose that sentinel. Or it could potentially drop 15 points and grab that thing. You don't need to remove anything. You don't need to change the core things. You just need to put a RNG somewhere between the profile check and the uh, scan check. Well, I don't really like RNG in games. I like to know what the hell is going on. Right, but the thing is, is it's got that's really the only way to create a failure point in the E-War system because the always binary one will always win, one will always lose. If you if you avoid getting scanned this time, you will always avoid getting scanned. The only way to bypass that is with a random number generator, unfortunately. Now, nobody likes random number generators, but this is not the same as putting a random number generator on the loot table like Destiny has, or like our much-vaunted and beloved salvage table. <laughs> officer weapons, anyone? Yeah, exactly. After playing 30 matches, I finally got my first officer drop in this event today. <laughs> After playing two matches, I got a Wolfman's scramble pistol. Did you burn it? How many of those do you have already? Uh, I'm not sure, I just know that I got three of them. I'd sell anything marked Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fond of that particular dev, personally. Suicide is down the MCC. Yeah, the the, uh, the fall-off system that Rattati has proposed, though, I think that kind of puts in a little bit more to the, you know, up or down, kind of, did you win, did you lose type of deal. And I think that's kind of a good meeting ground, rather than trying to go right into some kind of RNG setup. Yeah, I think that with the, with having three rings, this allows more wiggle room in, like, the Eeyore game. Well, my, my, my point in favor of the of the concentric rings over doing the rng is because you can tweak the amount the are the uh, concentric rings give up and down in order to kind of balance things out um my only major change that i would make to it is i would change the uh range like i said earlier i kane wasn't here the range modules so that they gave a flat like 15 meter bonus to the range of your scans rather than a percent based bonus yeah, well, 12 to 15 meters is about what ring jumps give you right now. Depending on what suit you're in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about scouts. Yeah, but a 15 meter ranged boost with a, uh, with a, with a range enhancer, that's useful to everybody. Um, unfortunately, right now, the only thing that range enhancers are particularly useful for are the Cal Scouts because of their bonusing. Well, yeah, but you can see, I mean, the, the deal with percentages versus flat rates is... That's not uncommon with a lot of other areas in dust because of the numbers get so small. Uh, it's really you, you're buying like fractions of a, of a second in terms of uh, you know, different advantages that you get. So I'm a big fan of actually trying to figure out perhaps some you know more, more concrete bonuses that you can give, which frankly make it easier, I think, to balance uh, in, ter in terms of percentages because percentages are uh, – you know, they're, they're, 
they're so dependent on the suit 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 itself, depending on what you're, you know, with whatever you're setting it up to do. But and again, oh, yeah. that's just my thoughts on it. No, I agree. It's the, my uh, thing is the reason why I don't suggest putting the, uh, per, taking the percentages off and putting flat bonuses on the other E-War mods is because of the points you guys brought up earlier. I agree with them. You know, you shouldn't be able to damp a sentinel underneath the scouts, you know, E-War. I mean, the Minotaur troll fit, yeah, it's all fun and fun and games until somebody does something really stupid. I will say this though, if I were, if I were like really going to go whiteboard theory on it, it would be really, and you had a lot more suit specialties and roles that you could put out. I think I think having a commando or a sentinel like a blops style, uh, where you shaved off you know tank and some other things, but you traded certain amount of uh, you know a certain amount of dampening and scan and additional scan capability that actually might be a kind of a fun fit to mess around with, but it's, it would definitely be very specialized. Don't get me started so, on commandos. They're just not fun to play right now. Okay. So now I'll Come. keep Pokey Draven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, commandos. Yeah. They, uh, it's very frustrating to play as a commando because their role is similar to that of an assault, but they're inferior in so many ways. You were being a, a big one. You know, I've, I've become really frustrated yeah, recently I, with the work. I'm going to have to of, with your assessment. Not so many ways, just about every way. Okay. Well, I do love the commando for uh, AV, but that's about it. Well, don't get me wrong. I love the suit. There's just some things that I feel need to be tweaked to bring them a little more aligned with, in terms of the, the assault. Because, I mean, unless it's a massive overhaul on, on the role they play, they are, for all intents and purposes, similar to the Assault, just a little more frontal and less flanking due to their uh, increased HP and, and lower speed. Well, not to mention that hitbox that they get. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned, right now, the only thing that the Commando brings to the table is it gives Sentinel, uh, diehard Sentinel players an Assault suit without having to spec into mediums. Yeah, I can kind of buy that. I mean, I've said for a long time that I think that basically the assaults and the commands need to have a baby and they need to be the new assault suit. Like, assaults should have had two light weapons from the start, some sort of damage bonus, and the commandos probably should have just never existed as much as I love them. Yeah, commandos should have been a command say. suit. They're, they're, they're way too similar to really give the... them distinctive roles, so they're just slight variants of each other, and the commando falls short in a lot of ways. Honestly, the I think assault the can... never had an actual role besides just. Kill stuff. Just run around. It would have been nice if the assault so, up of two light weapons instead exactly. of having to just buff it HP wise. Exactly. Because we, every suit has something special. The Sentinels have their massive HP logistics, have four equipment. Scouts have their. Uh, Sentinels have the heavy weapons, more to the point. Yeah, and that too. Assaults have um, nothing special that most suits can't imitate. Well, you know, assaults were in a much better place, I think, back in the day when they actually oh, had two know, equipment slots. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, the assault suit is designed to be more of a generalist suit. I mean, that's. I, I think I think well, they're not bad. I, I mean, think generalist suits should be more uh, the frame suits rather than the uh, special yeah, suits. Frames. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. that's like a whole. Yeah, no, I agree. That, but that's also a whole separate line. Is the is the utter lack of utility for the frame suits, and and I, I will tell you that I. Like when I actually started playing Dust, and I, I joke with the guys about this. I, I actually skilled up like Caldari medium frames to four because I thought like in Eve, I was going to get a bonus for the frame and the specialized suit or what I was thinking was a tech two suit. 
And then, uh, yeah, I, I discovered that very quickly that that was not the case. You've been screwed. I believe yeah, we've also okay. I believe we've also missed one topic besides bandwidth and the e war concentric rings. Uh, the third one is potential movement penalties on defensive modules. Yeah, that's Ooh, actually that. a great one to bring up. That's like uh, the, I kind of I can sort of buy that conceptually when you hang armor on something that it makes it a little harder to move. I, I got that, but what really threw me for loop was the whole shield extender idea. I was like, I, like I don't know if I can plan it. They're living on, but like I'm pretty sure that that's not. It's not something that uh, should be slowing you down. The short, answer, have to wait. the short answer that doesn't involve saying shield generators have weight, which is a valid one, uh, is going to be game balance. Because unfortunately, the way it works out is the shield suits are the easiest ones to pull what we call the strafe glitch up, which is a combination of bad hit detection, too fast strafing, and no inertia, and lag. That's why <laughs> we get the... <laughs> That's why Cal Scouts actually get the most benefit out of it because they have the smallest hitbox. Believe it or not, the second easiest one to do that with is the Minmatar Scout. No, well, I think I think I the, don't see why you believe it, considering they're the fastest suit in the game. I the thing is, they've got a slightly hit bigger hitbox than the Cal Scout. Wait, they do. They do. That's why Cal Scout really? seems to grace ghost through everything. I'm pretty sure that the oh. uh, scout hitbox is actually universal across the scouts, just like medium suits. Yeah, I do remember actually Rosati saying they're exactly the same. Really? Because uh, that means that there's some straight space magic going on with the Kaldari scout. Uh, like there's a hidden bonus or something that wasn't intended. Or an old bonus that got discarded and forgot to be removed from the system. I think it's just uh, shenanigans with the hitbox that they didn't manage to find when they looked for the problem. But in any yep. case, so although I, I do actually have a, a question, so the the theory behind shield tanking is that you should be more mobile, and that's that's one of the driving factors behind shield tank play. So again, I go back to the what level of penalty would you then install for a shield extender? Well, uh, well much it. lower. Ratati did say it would be lower than plates, but just say. Uh, to add a point here, mobility isn't just about strafing, it's also about how fast can you, say, cross an open area, because for me as a Galente Assault with a plasma rifle, which means that I need to get in close, it's very, very important to have high mobility. I do it isn't have just about strafing. Well, I, and that's I do have something to say about that. Um, Rattati said they, he wanted to put strafe speed penalties, not forward and backward momentum penalties, not yes. turn penalties. And you gotta remember, um, armor plates already provide a strafe speed penalty because they provide a base movement penalty. Everything is based off of your your forward movement speed. Armor plates already provide a penalty, so basically what's going to happen is plates uh, are going to get no, a double penalty for strafe. As far as I'm aware, they, it's not based on the base forward movement speed. There are different values that are getting affected at the same time. But the thing is, what it amounts to is each each like a prototype plate gives a five percent penalty to your movement speed. Gives a five percent penalty to your movement speed. Each plate does. That is correct, but it also applies a five percent penalty to a hidden modifier that we can't see in the game. That is tracing speed. No, the this yeah, that's my point. It the armor plate penalty already applies to everything. Adding a, another strafing speed penalty is going to stack a second penalty on top of it. Now correct. there's no base five percent penalty for shields. So you're not going to magically get that there. And if the 
the actual strafe penalty is lower than the one you're going to put on plates, you're still going to see faster net strafing speeds on a shield suit than you are on an armor suit. Right, right but just I'm with you. But I think that's fine. The lo- the, yeah, the logic behind it though is I think a bit a bit flawed. Uh, well, I mean, the logic's going to have to take a backseat to the game balance. Is my point. Because yeah, like yeah, that I make, said, yeah, and that, that's going to be real helpful. That's kind of like how we're, we're what has drawn dust to the point it is now, dude. Uh, like, the when logic you ta- is that Ratati doesn't want people to just stack HP, and honestly, shield suits mostly stack HP and nothing else. I mean, the one that confuses me is why are Sentinels going to get a huge penalty? I mean, they should actually get they're a already, penalty. Yeah, they, if you think about it, that's my point. They're already giant. They're huge. They're they're freaking. Are they getting a disproportionate penalty? Yes. They're uh, they're gonna get the same kind of penalty that Scouts will. Apparently, he's what? balancing it so that medium frames uh, get the least affected by it, while scouts and That's, it should be the other way around. The Heavy most. suits should have the least amount of effect yep. from weight, and then it scales dramatic. See, that, to me, that's how you fix this: is that you know the heavier the suit, it's designed to carry more weight in theory, so it has the least impact in terms of the penalties you, uh, you attach to it. Do we want to encourage sentinels to fit more HP? Yeah, dude, they're not going to get any more HP than they're already doing now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the standard, correct. the standard for sentinels, the standard for sentinels is a minimum of twelve hundred hit points. Generally, averaging out somewhere between thirteen hundred and fifteen hundred hit points. I mean, I mean, here's yeah, here's here's the so basically, you, your sentinels right now are not going. You can't magic up any more HP than they're already carrying. But what? What you want to do is like the impact on them in terms of the the weight should be a little bit less. I think the medium should stay about where it is now in terms of like for example the armor the armor movement penalties. But the scouts, unless you're putting on like reactive or ferro scale particularly, like you should get a significantly increased penalty. Now the problem with shield extenders, I acknowledge that that is HP, but that is the whole point of a shield extender is that it does not impact your movement now if they would impact their signature which i think would be more critical to the scouts it would increase their signature it can't it can't okay it is not mechanically feasible that to me would have been the by far the better answer that's much more like what they do nda Um, also another thing is, is, uh, I think the idea of re- exclu- excluding reactives and ferroscale from the penalties is a bad idea. If you're going to put it on extenders, put it on reactives and ferroscales. They provide the same reactive yes, EHP. Just, yeah. That I agree Yeah. I did not say exclude them. I just said there should be a significantly lower penalty. You did not say, but unless I misread Rattati very seriously, he did. No, he he said that he's going to exclude it for now. He's going to add them later because it, yep. he just wants to be careful. That's all. Hence why that's I one of the big things. In there. Like a lot that's of the things. He wants people. He wants to encourage people to use ferro skills and reactives. He wants to discourage people from he, the high HP plates. So I've like I've I have to say this because I watched him do this with the rifles, and now I've watched him do it with suits and modules and different kind of things. It is very apparent to me that his idea of balance is balance in usage percentages, because that's that's basically what he has been saying quite you know fairly directly, and that's how he is actually shaping the balance. That's not balance when you have so many options uh, that are available to the players. That's I 
I'm a little leery of of the direction it's going if that is the, well, that, the balance. That that means, but that's there's, not there's the only metric by like any stretch. That is there are a lot of things if, being if you considered. Look, if you look at a suit not being served or being used too heavily, your next question is, okay, why is it used so heavily or not being used? That's well, it, yep. it, it is a flag of a problem. It is not it is not the per, the the point of balance. But yeah. That, it's kind of like the rail rifle when people are saying it's overpopular. Uh, the rail rifle being overpopular is something that you find is a symptom of the problem. It's a it's a warning flag. Now, if the rail rifle is getting one Never kill for is. every spawn, if it's getting one kill for every spawn, and like the assault rifle is getting one kill for every spawn, well, then the balance is working between the two. But if oh, the rail man. rifle is getting five kills per spawn versus the AR's one then it's an indication that there's but something hinky. Then you also have to look at the context. That's always one of the things. You can look into numbers, yeah. but you also have to look at context at well, as well. Yeah, so, the rail well, rifle. Yeah, so While like, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, look, like with a rail rifle, it's much longer range. Most part, you have tons of parts of these maps that are open with no cover, and, you know, it's you have to take in all the aspects of the numbers. You can't do like just you numbers. That has to be context, too. At the suits that are likely to use said weapons. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm not done yet. The whole thing is the usage of statistics, but the problem is, is a lot of the maps, it's like, this, it's like the Sentinel problem. It's one of the reasons why I absolutely hate having Sentinels in CQC. Because the map design encourages bricking out Sentinel squads on top of objectives. And there's no yes. penalty to doing it because CQC negates every penalty a Sentinel has. Well, CQC and current E-War. E-War is worthless when you can sit yourself in a hallway with your back to a wall. You can see everybody coming. Well, that assumes you have a roof above your head. Or you do a scout the sharing all of the scans in the game so you don't have an E-War penalty to begin with. Well, you can put your back I to a wall in the that- uh, lab. I think that HMGs need their DPS reduced, but range increased. Uh, 800 DPS is just too ridiculous. The we problem is, is in my opinion, 1.8 was the huge-ass mistake because they didn't touch the HMG. They oh, buffed right. the EHP yeah, of the rifles, or they buffed the EHP of all of the Sentinels as soon as they added the Sentinels. And then they nerfed the rifles with the same movement. Yep. It was too much, too fast, too all at once. One of the things that's also been a core... Sentinel squads. Yeah, and I think one of the core problems I think that Dust has always had is the fact that they went out the gate with different hitboxes between the different classes rather than being able to balance just on, you know, straight stats, you know, hit points, that kind of thing. They also throw in the wild card of... You know, how many hits are you going to get on said target because it's a smaller target or it's it's a bigger target, etc. Because that makes the balance points a judgment call rather than a math equation. Well, you could look at the in percent just how much larger the central hitbox is from the assault, for example. Yeah, but that's that's working off of averages and averages don't always work. In fact, they don't usually work when you start throwing humans at the problem. Filthy humans. Yes, filthy humans. I've perfected at least a hundred ways to skin cats, by the way. 
One of the big issues that we keep running into is the simple fact that the original Dust team, frankly, lacked a lot of vision. They had a lot of imagination, a lot of possibility, but a cohesive vision where things actually had purpose and roles isn't really present. And you can see that in almost every aspect of the game. The individual things like, okay, this is a rail rifle or, you know, this is a logistic suit, whatever. Those are generally at least passable and some of them are really downright good. But when you start putting them all together, it's very clear that there are seams and that they were not developed with one cohesive method behind all of it. The scary thing is, believe it or not, just about every piece of equipment in Dust actually has a real-world analog in infantry combat, except for the power armor. Every weapon I can point at an infantry analog and where it would fit into a battlefield. Every The HMGs, the forge guns, every type of rifle, um, the E-War stuff, everything has a real-world analog. Oh, no, 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 no. There are things that behave similarly. It's just not as obnoxious. You know, things <laughs> things that serve the same purpose, in other words. Flux grenade. Uh, that one is... Flashbang. Uh, that one's more small scale, but flashbang fits the bill. I'm not sure it does. There are also EMP cluster bombs. They're not pocket-sized, but they definitely exist. <laughs> yeah. A nuclear Cl- warhead, you know, handheld grenade. You know, it's similar. Yeah. I think when you're dealing with nuclear warheads, the uh, huge nuclear explosion is more of a concern. Well, the funny thing is, is according to lore, Mimitar pack nuclear warheads into their bullets, so take that as you will. Hopefully not on the ground. Now you're in power armor, you're good to go. If you can survive a plasma shotgun firing at close range, you can survive a nuclear attack at close range. <laughs> you deploy yeah, the uh, small I remember black correctly, hole. The wall actually sets the user on fire. Yep. Uh, that's, what you, that's what happens when you're standing next to Ambiplasma going off. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, real quick, Cross, can you give a quick intro? I'm Cross2, CPM1 member, member of OSG Planetary Operations and Covert Interventions Alliance, and I've spent more time working on dust this week than my overtime job. Cross, push my agendas. My <laughs> arms are tired. He's too busy pushing mine. <laughs> oh, Goodness gracious, this should be According interesting. According to the forums, I have my own agendas because I'm an evil, corrupt CPM, which is true of everyone. Kane knows this. All I'll CPMs are evil and corrupt, don't awesome. you know? Cross, just start telling everybody that I'm I'm uh, I'm your secret puppet master. <laughs> nah, I, th- don't I think believe you. <laughs> I, I think most well, people think think, uh, think Cross definitely has his own agenda. I don't think there's any doubt about that. No, but the only ones that they truly think are actually like corrupt and spent and broken in some sort of dark rotted way, or you know, folks like Soraya. But isn't he? P- pretty much. Well, he is a goon. No, he's not. He's like a, he's like a goonlet. Yeah, he wants to be. Oh, well, you don't have to be a good goon. But then again, that's hard to define anyway. Uh, goons go- in the goons and in the CFC are actually two different things. Similar. Yeah, yeah, but potato for dildo. I, I, <laughs> I, I have a something awful account. I don't know if I. I don't think I post on it enough to actually be a goon, quote unquote. But uh, you know. Pet. You'll get there eventually. Okay, so so we've we've kind of covered a, a wide gamut of uh, of topics already, and and at this point, this is kind of we're, we're joking about, about this in Skype. By the way, this is sort of where you just like roll raw meat into the room and let people nerd out on it together. But uh, 
The one, one thing Cross did say um, that actually you know, piqued my interest right there was the reference about uh, the vision for how the game should work, or at least how all of the different um, components of the game work, all the way from the weapon systems, the suits, the vehicles, uh, that vision, uh, at least the, the unifying vision or the, the synchronization uh, of all those different facets. That That is actually something that I know I, I personally think is the root cause of a lot of the challenges in terms of balance that you see today. Um, and the example I've used with a couple folks is, you know, I, I've made no, no secret about it. Like I use a rail rifle a lot, like a whole lot, but I, I also would offer that it was probably a very poorly designed weapon to start with. And what effectively people are trying to do is put band-aid through balance patches over a poorly designed weapon concept. Uh, and, and you just get pushed into these weird corners like you are with it now. And there's other examples in the game. And I think that that's, you know, Cross kind of hit the nail on the head. It was more about the starting vision or the starting idea of how these things would mesh together in live play uh, that was really lacking. So having a good imagination is good, but not having the ability to coalesce around that imagination and turn it into some sort of unified, uh, you know, a, an actual working playing thing that we're that we're dealing with as the player community i think that was really one of the the biggest the biggest beefs that uh rotati's got to work through now with all of the work he's doing yeah, um, the number of threads that i've started or participated in with feedback that have come down to people arguing about what it's supposed to do in the first place and not even touching on how it can do any of the things or if it can do any of the things or how much it should is just really staggering like feed, feedback and discussions has a lot of great material in there but so many threads just devolved into different camps saying no it should be this not that and you can't get anywhere with that because people have their own ideas and you can't really prove one mm -hmm. is better than the other yeah let's point at the commando thing that i participated in that's oh, the one yeah. i'm familiar with um you know, honestly, along that vein, Kane told said something the other day that actually brings things into stark clarity. Another problem with the vision thing is, is so many of the weapons, CCP took great pains to make them so disparately different that a lot of them are situationally useless. And a lot of the concepts, if you put those concepts in front of a modern military, given the limitations that they had, they'd be like, uh, no, uh, the combat rifle is the only viable one. No, really, the combat rifle is the only viable one. It's pretty accurate. The thing is, is all of the, the battle rifles is what I'm going to call them. From the scrambler rifle, to the combat rifle, to the assault rifle, to the rail rifle, and every variant therein. They're supposed to be a mainline basic infantry weapon. They should be perform performing very similarly. The only difference should be in their firing profiles, minor differences in range, rate of fire, how much recoil, things like that. They should have very similar performance statistics across the board. But the fact that you want to make the rail rifle useless in CQC, you want to make the uh, assault rifle useless past 40 meters, you're going to create a situation where the only ones that are really viable eventually are going to be the scrambler rifle and the combat rifle because they are all too different and they all perform their roles badly. It's supposed to be a mainline generic battle weapon, not a this is only good for CQC. That should be a function of the armor, not the weapon. Yeah, the the one thing that I, now I, I think you know I would, I'd have to say that Breakin's onto something here is the one thing that if there was going to be some level of uh, homogenous mechanics uh, 
or at least homogenous performance in the game. And, and when I say homogenous, I don't mean like truly even them out. Uh, but if you took the difference in the rifles and from the far end to the, you know, into the spectrum for whatever category, be it range, DPS or whatever, if the difference was like five or 10% and not 25%, which is about what it would be now, um, that would be much more realistic. That, that would be a lot better because what you can't do is have racial lines that are particularly in terms of range. You can't have them so spread out because it makes it really, really difficult uh, to work with. Now, I do like the idea. I do like the damage profiles being noticeably different. But how you deliver the DPS, here's the thing. How you deliver the shots needs to be pretty standard across the board the performance should come really in the some some really really small tweaks in the mechanics in terms of the handling and the feel of the weapon uh and and like and like i said the damage profile but when you've got mechanics like how the rail rifle operates which is designed to be a highly accurate long range really high recoil with a big charge time weapon that that there's too many contradictions in that the scrambler Mm kind of got it about right and I would actually offer the if you mimicked the charge mechanic from the scrambler into the rail rifle, you'd be a lot better off. Like if you just pulled the trigger, Absolutely. you know, rounds came out and it was all good. But if you hold the trigger, you get like a two or th- like a three round burst or something like that out of the rail rifle or an overcharged rail shot. Yeah, that that's a that's a ton more legit and it's a hell of a lot easier to balance because you've already got basically or the scrambler model to work off of. When you charge the first shot gives you extra damage. Sure. Yeah, I, and I think there's way better ways to do it, but you know, Brandon's and one point of the things is accurate. And the thing is I'm only expanding on something Kane said. Another thing that he said that I fully agree with is having attack version of a weapon, having an assault version of a weapon, having a burst version of a weapon is redundant. Absolutely. They it, should be toggleable. It li- you should it, be able to do single fire, burst, and fully automatic on every single gun. What it looks like, honestly, when you look at weapons, I think in a lot of ways, it seems that CCP was looking more for item count than actual functionality. It's like That's we want pretty legit. Can I please that, get the red dot on my plasma rifle, please? That's, <laughs> I mean, literally, it's artificial content. It's like the tiering on the weapons and the modules, I can understand. There's tiering in weapons and modules in EVE, and it provides fitting variation for people who don't have the skills to rock everything out proto. But the suits having tiers, that's artificial content. Yeah, I remember CCP saying in an advertisement that they have like hundreds of weapons. Oh yeah, like, and tons no, of you suits. And not, yeah. No, you don't. It's like Borderlands advertisement. We have millions of weapon variations in this game. Well, you five of. There was, uh, if you remember correctly, there was also the uh, thousands of maps because combinations of mood sockets and, and maps. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, dear God. Skim Junction with snow. Skim Junction with fire. Skim Junction with toxic rain. And coming soon, Skim Junction with burning trees. <laughs> oh, God. But, Real hype tank. But um, another Completely problem. different maps. Oh, yeah. But back on topic, I mean, another problem with the rifles is the fact that you've got the breech rifles and the assault versions of the rifles. And these are the two hot buttons right now because they've got the breeches at range Ooh, doing, yeah. doing alpha. The problem is well, look, alpha see, at range matches the... a real-world 
battle doctrine, but it's ship battle doctrine. It's tank battle doctrine. It's like helicopter doctrine. Look, the, the, uh, I mean, speaking the, of the bridge, I like. You see, they the bridge and the assault uh, assault rifle have the exact well, not the exact, but very very similar DPS clips, uh, damage per clip, shit like that. Now. The thing is that the bridge has a very, very tight hip fire. So that comes back to when you were talking about handling. What makes the bridge so good is the hip fire. Because it's more damage like, application. More shots, more shots land. Exactly. Damage application. More shots the thing, land. The thing is, is, if CCP wanted to make the breach weapons you know, perform properly and they wanted to make the assault weapons, because let's face it, the assault rifle doesn't start being useful until 35 meters and then you've only got five meters of functional range before the fall off the easiest way to balance them out in my opinion i don't know if everybody agrees with me and i know ccp probably going to ignore me is going to be to swap the ranges on the rail rifle and the assault rail rifle and swap the ranges on the assault rifle and the breach assault rifle done because the breach ones provide better damage in close and the assault versions provide better damage coverage at range. Mm, I'm not really sure the no. normal rail rifle needs the range enough. No, 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 no. The assault rail rifle shorter range. You'd make the assault the rail rifle the shorter range one, and make the assault yeah, variant sure the, the longer rail, range. Yeah, I'm not sure the standard rail rifle needs the range enough. But the thing is, if it's overperforming in CQC. Um, and that's why they're nerfing it the way that they are. That's not working out very well. Uh, it's always going to overperform in CQC. That's the problem. Well, they did increase the hip fire dispersion and shit like that, but people are saying that's too much. So yeah. they took that down and then added the charge. Right, but we're bumping into the same problem that we've always been bumping into with the HMG. Trying to shoehorn it into a point blank, you know, fire weapon is not working out very well. The thing is that the rail rifle still worked in CQC, it just wasn't 100% effective. Yeah. People just bitched, in my opinion. Just I don't get me started. In my opinion. There should be no weapon that's useless at any range. It's that simple. It wasn't useless, it just was less effective. I'm more referring to the point six charge time now. Yeah, six, the... Charge up is a bit ridiculous. I mean, huh. when I encounter a rare rifle, what I do is just run from cover to cover and they can never hit me. I think I ran Kane under here too, so yeah. I think he had something to say. Yeah, Kane, were you up? Hmm? Oh, I'm good now. Okay. Yeah, I, I would, you know, just as a, as a general comment, I would actually rather the... Uh, I, I don't entirely agree with Breaking's theory, but I, I think there's, there's definitely some threads of merit in there. And one thing I would offer is that the rail rifle... I think would be a better trade-off to lower its lower its damage per shot significantly and drop the charge time off the thing and like keep it at the lowest in class DPS, but make it true DPS, not this the bullshittery that you have to do through with the charge mechanic. And I, I mean, I don't the DPS. I've been using the rail rifle since it came out. The charge mechanic really never bothered me. I actually, it I will now. <laughs> well, I still, because I, I, it used to be like. As long as the human reaction time, it wasn't that much. No, well, I use so, the assault. I use well, the assault rail rifle. Here's, so here's the thing. They, they, again, it goes back to the the weapon design and weapon concept. The the rail rifle beefs could have quickly been dealt with. They could have actually left it at the point two point two 
uh, charge time when it first came out, if they had made one simple change, if the charge mechanic was the same as the small rail turret, where yes. if you try to come off of Just the trigger, yes. you, incre- you incur a charge penalty. You balk on the trigger, and now it like triples your charge time for the next shot. That would have solved a ton of this. Or, again, you go back to something more akin to the scrambler. So, again, I, like, I, I see the points on all this, but you're, you're, I'm also the guy that probably – I think I dropped – I went well over, like, 2.6 million SP on day one with the rail rifle, and I've been using it as my primary in either the, the standard or the assault variant the whole time, you know, when I'm not playing heavy anyway. And um, that's the number one thing that I, 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 could t- I could tell you about it is – they're picking the wrong things to try to shape the weapon around. I'll buy the whole longest range equals lowest DPS thing all day long. Absolutely down with that. I'll totally, totally buy that uh, hip fire should be noticeably less accurate than ADS, but the ADS needs to be absolutely balls on tack driving accurate. Uh, and that's, that's the trick with the weapon. Like when they got real fancy with the charge mechanics uh, and then, messing around with like having a high recoil weapon that doesn't work when you're trying to have an accurate long range weapon system. Well, I can see what they were trying to do. They were trying to have it where, you know how people tap fire. So with the charge mechanic, you can't really do that. So you have to uh, work with the recoil. So just tap firing. That's what they were trying to do. I think honestly, as far as constructive solutions to the rifle problems, I think if we were going to try and get the community and everybody like on this channel to sell an idea to Rotati, the best one would be to take what I said, like I said, it's Kane's comment that kind of set me off, would be to kind of normalize a certain weapons together because when it boils down to it, a battle rifle is a battle rifle is a battle rifle. Battle rifles are all meant to do the same job. They should perform similarly. The devil, the, the, the details should basically boil down to play style for preference, not Agreed. for mathematical and, efficiency. And the other thing is you have the biggest thing in there is resistances. Resistance. Yep. Yeah, and leave the profiles the way they are, for God's sake. Those are, the, those are probably the, the best variation to uh, dis- distinguish the battle rifles from one another that we could possibly have. The problem is they're not even in-game. The profiles is why I hate the HMG. The, the, there's so much, so many aspects of these weapons. I mean, I think we've been clamoring for uh, st- stats in-game since basically forever, you know, with range profiles and damage profiles and all that stuff. The thing is, people can't make educated decisions about how, what a weapon's going to do and how it's going to function if the only benefit they get, the only time in-game that you can actually see how a weapon functions is a tooltip on a loading screen. I mean... And it or doesn't... when you're firing it. Yeah. <laughs> It should be on every item description, just at the very top. This is the weapon type. This is the profile. It's like three lines. Just it, it's a lot of work to, you know, I guess key it in. But it's yeah, huge they, when you well, don't have They have, have a lot of uh, fluff explaining the weapon, the lore, but they have nothing to explain its actual in-game function. Well, well the, you know, you don't even have to have it as a stat on like the stat sheet. I mean, the descriptions themselves, I'm pretty sure, can be edited in through editing, the cat, through editing, cat That's mode. what I mean. Yeah. Editing the descriptions, though, is um, is a localization issue. Okay. You have well, to, it's like, mostly numbers, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's but you, you do have to run it down the whole process. You know, yeah. no, I, because I, I'm it's with you. a language thing. 
Uh, it also goes back to the, if you look, I mean, look at it, everybody in this channel, I mean, we've been playing for a while. Uh, you know, some of us, as long as dust was a thing that you could actually get your hands on, you know, uh, in terms of like just longevity in the game. Well, what I would tell you is like those bits and bobs of lore and like the narrative descriptions of the weapons, that really does need to be updated because that's all you have to go on if you're a new player. And it does have the to accurately... The still says that you can yeah. fire it. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the descriptions of all these weapons... Uh, like I, I can tell, I'll tell you right now, like if you tried to sort of like remove yourself from your current level of knowledge and you just go back and actually look at the little descriptions of the weapons in the suits, you would be I like, quit. that's absolutely bullshit. That it doesn't do that. You know, like you'll find a lot of things that are like that. And, it, and that really does need to be cleaned up in, 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 in all fairness. Yeah. It does. I still remember the first time I actually tried the swamp launcher. I was playing the, remember the swamp launchers of doom. Well, I was playing before, well, during that time, but I only tried the Soul Launcher store, it was fixed. And I was just trying to figure out how the hell do I downfire this thing? Because it said in the description, it can. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen new players, a lot of new players running around in matches, and someone will pull out a Swarm Launcher, and you can tell they're trying oh, yeah. to shoot you. And they're that wondering what it. they're wondering what the hell's going on, and then you kill them, and then like a lot of times, I bet you, I bet you, like half the time, that person's like, "Well, screw this game. This is this is silly." Well, here's one. Here's one for you. Yep. Like, uh, Pokey just he just teed this up in the Skype channel, and it's I, I was laughing about it. Uh, he said, "Yeah, the toxin SMG doesn't do poison damage. What?" And I was like, "That's that's actually exactly why I bought the BP bought those BPOs." Like the little toxins, uh, that was the first thing I actually put money on because when you read the description, it 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 would clearly drive you to the thought that that weapon does damage over time. Yeah. Like when you hit them, you when you hit them with a burst, there would be some lingering damage effects based on the a very detailed description in uh, in the you know the little frame page for it. So that's that's a great example of that. It's a perfect example, honestly. Um, but I mean, I got a question Probably for you guys, best. as far as like the idea of normalizing the battle rifles, we all seem to be kind of in agreement that they're way too different in, in function to really be called battle rifles. They're more like situation rifles. Yeah, I'd buy that. Well, well for the most part, the combat rifle is probably the closest thing we have to a battle rifle uh, that is Believe it or not, everywhere. The scrambler rifle as well, as long as you have an Amar suit maxed. Yes. Yep. I wasn't including the suits. The Amar assault bonus just kind of breaks the scrambler. Yes. Yeah. Well, the now that being the, said, that's probably the best example of racial synergy, which I think is it should be a thing in the game, and I think that's a great yes, way to but, differentiate yeah. stuff. Believe um, it or not, the Amar and Minmatar bonuses are roughly the same thing. Um, the ability to put more oh, yeah, rounds on I, I target agree. before you have to worry about an overheat or reloading. I, I, do, I will, I will say the MR is a little bit much, but it's 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 the right it is the right bonus, but maybe a little the bit right too idea. much of it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Minmatar and MR bonuses are very very good. The Kaldari and Galente, oh, the Kaldari, there's not the, much synergy. They're crap. The Kaldari one's yep. a joke. It's a joke. I'm sorry, but reload speed, anything under two seconds is not worth bonusing for frickin' reload speed. You know, for if sure. you put if you put that on an HMG, you still couldn't get the reload speed under five seconds. It's not worth it. But no, anything I swear, under the only reason the arm pistol is the way it is with the hip fire is because they wanted to give a Galente Assault a reason. The problem with the ion pistol is no matter how much you overheat, 
how much you overcharge that thing. If you even tick that thing into the overcharge bar, you automatically overheat it, which is a problem. Yep. It's crap. The ion pistol is mechanically crap. It's a sidearm I would not use. I love it. I mean, yeah, it's mechanically not very reliable, but it is quite powerful. When, That's the problem. When it hits. When it you, hits. Just, you just hit the nail on the head. It's not very reliable. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with a weapon in a game, it has to be reliable. It has to be counted on to function properly when you use it. It's the like only real problem problem I have right now with the pistol is where if you try and charge it right after you right after the cooldown, uh, like even if it's a millisecond before the cooldown is over, it doesn't actually fire a charge shot, but it overheats your weapon again. And it's really annoying because there's no way to avoid that. Honestly, I would remove if I was gonna do something with the ion pistol, I would re- I would drop the headshot bonus down to, you know, baseline, up the damage so that you can punch right through somebody's chest plate and just rock that thing out with no charge mechanic. That's that's what I would do with it. When I first read about the ion pistol, I was like, oh, they made like a pistol version of the shotgun. That's exactly exactly what I was thinking. I'm surprised that the ion pistol mechanic isn't on a scrambler pistol since the MR have the whole charge shot for more damage. It feels yeah. like they, they didn't want to do it, but then went, uh, well, we already have a you know a MR pistol. We don't really want to mess with it, so we'll just give it to the Glente. And I feel it, it kind of breaks that racial I theme. I actually yeah. use the ion pistol as kind of a shotgun. I mean, there are these moments where you have like 50 HP left and the enemy is around the corner with 300 you can't afford to have any time, like, you can't have a drawn-out fi- uh, fight with your rifles. You need to have that no. damage. And that iron pistol the- usually saves me. It happened. But my problem with my problem with the, with a lot of the pistols is the fact that the utility, the overheat mechanics in general, the one thing I have a problem with all of the overheat mechanics in general is the fact that they render you completely helpless. You can't swap to a sidearm. You can't swap to a primary. Yeah, the overheat well, that's mechanic. Kind of the point. No, especially it's, with the it's rifle. The thing is, is you should if you're doing a scrambler rifle and it overheats, you should be able to swap to your pistol, no. drop the rifle, and grab right. a weapon that's useful. No, I'm not. sorry, but that'd be overpowered as hell. Very, very much well, overpowered. Well, here's here, let, let me. I'll kind of split the difference on this with you guys because I actually I, I tend to I tend to fall in Cat uh, Merc and Arkina's camp on this. However, I can see where where Brickens coming from. I I think there there's another thing that you could fix. Um, that would actually help you split the difference. And that's the actual animations that we have across the board in the game, because the speed of the animations in anything like from it's from stabbing somebody with a nanite injector to getting out of a lav or to reloading or switching weapons in particular, like you could meter those, like you could actually, if you could figure out a way to dynamically meter those a little bit, you could actually, you could actually build a little bit more, um, Flex, you know, tactical options, and because I, I would tell you, like if, like in in for re- you know, like for realsies, if I have a weapons malfunction, I I literally let both hands go off the weapon and go to a secondary if I'm in the middle of a fight. Like that's exactly. I wouldn't sit there and go, oh god, it's hot. Oh god, oh my, oh Jesus Christ, my hands are burning. That's like, kind no of way why I, I put that. it that way. Uh, you know, mach- that's exactly well, I, what the animation looks like. The thing is, is I'm a, I was, I was a gunner, I was a machine gunner in, in the military, okay? And the 
the gun's overheating was a very real problem. If the gun broke down, you didn't sit there and hold it while it burned your freaking skin off. You had to switch to your freaking rifle or a sidearm or what have you. Whatever you had on hand, you don't sit there and play with it while it incinerates you. Like I, I think I think a very legit thing is to slow down the weapon switch an- animation, speed up the nanite injector, like you know, sacrificial stab to the heart. And incredibly slow down the sentinels getting out of a, you know, like teleporting out of a lav. If you could do those things, you would actually, that's like a big quality of life upgrade to a lot of things in in dust. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Believe it or not, the sentinels teleporting out of the lav was uh, the reason behind my sentinel battle roll proposal. Uh, it was actually the thing that kind of started me down the path of why I wanted to take them out of C2C. Oh, yeah, you're the one who made that proposal. I forgot about that. Yes, I was. And a lot of people still think to this day that I was trolling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're kind of like that, though, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I find that if you can get people so that they can't tell whether you're serious or trolling, even when you are being dead serious, you're doing it right. <sighs> I just, oh man, something with the vehicles, like the getting in and out, like the vehicle, uh, the vehicle I seen, lock. Ugh. I have seen a suggestion where you just, you do the hack animation whenever you try to get in a vehicle. It's so like for three seconds, two seconds, something like that. I don't know. It, don't need, it doesn't need to be three or, it doesn't need to be two or three seconds. It just needs to be, if you, if any of you have ever played Destiny, you, you know, you go up to a vehicle and you kind of yeah, fill. a second, but. The vehicles in Destiny are slightly more open than LAVs. I, I just desperately want to see some like, like you know, Jabba the Hut, fucking Galente heavy, trying to waddle his ass out of a lav and like the suspension rocking. <laughs> he falls oh, over. Hell yeah. Like, he back. Hell yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you have no idea I want to see. He just that. rips off the. To see it now, a, a Galente sent being in a Caldari lab and just ripping off the door as he tries to get out. I mean, it would it would give like Dukes of Hazard a whole new level of meaning and dust. Oh, absolutely! You know, and I, you um, see the, the scout that came out of the LAV just a moment ago getting crushed under the heavy that fell down. <laughs> oh, you see, he's like these little legs sticking out, wiggling. Ah. <laughs> uh... So, do you want to know what, how I was not trolling with the uh, Sentinel Battle Roll thing at all? <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, okay, um, all right, here's the deal. You actually want them to be removed completely. No, it's... The thing was, is when... The, one of the things that me and Kane have discussed in the past was uh, when Sentinels... Where, when Heavies used to have the turn speed penalty, um, it didn't really bother either one of us. The When it started bothering me was when they chopped down the range of the HMG to CQC only. Because it meant people could run around in circles around you and shoot you in the side of the head. I actually checked the SDE, and apparently the Assault HMG has the same range as the Assault Rifle, just that none of the bullets hit. It does, and yes, you're absolutely right. Um, But the whole point of my my proposal is the take the Sentinels out of CQC, and Kane disagrees with me mostly on the strength of the Amar laser. Unfortunately... Kane, I'm still going to take the stance of it doesn't exist. I just, so I just I can't think anything anything that's effective at long range is going to be effective in CQC yep. unless you use a laser function in which its damage falls off as you get closer to the user. But um, my point was would be to reintroduce the old turn. My my point would be to reintroduce the old turn speed penalty as a uh, thing so that I you just... could still run around a sentinel and shoot him in the side of the head when you got close. 
Dude, people are going to burn you at the stake the if you. Part. It, people are going to burn you at the stake if you bring that shit back. Uh, I wouldn't put it on the Sentinel suits, though. Right, you on put the it HMG on the weapon. Then? You put it How on the that? HMGs itself. How about that? That wait, way, wait, bring what back? Uh, the turn penalties. But you only put oh. it on the weapons. You remember how it, in uh, if, War if if you did it, you you could not do it to the level to the level it was. It, you no. would have to lower it. You'd have to lower it, but you could put it enough that a, that say an assault, if he got within ten meters or fifteen meters of you, would be able to keep at least a pace. So if you didn't have him if locked I immediately, correctly, plates still do that. The no, they don't. Turn. Nope. Uh, nope. Turn speed is right. unaffected by movement speed. Mm, okay. Arcana, didn't we test that a while ago? I was under the impression that, it, uh, that the results showed that there was no effect. Huh. So, so yeah, uh, uh, sentinels I turn think... at the same speed as scouts, and which turn at the same speed as assaults. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a video that uh, Moody did that showed that. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a difference now. I think it's all it's all no. Even. It's it's all dependent on the control scheme that you're using, how fast you turn. Um, now, and Crossing Keyboard Master Race. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, actually, I've I've looked at it. If you really want smooth and quick turning, use the DS3, and both wow. control schemes just suck. I actually remember uh, with the scanner nerf, I saw like a few days after it was released, a Galogi doing a one thousand degree turn with a scanner. <laughs> he was that's, using a mouse. That's totally keyboard. legit. <laughs> yes, in the I small time frame. That. In the small time frame where the scanner is active, he did a one thousand degree turn. That's insane. Ah, it's all right. Now that's I, like I, maximum DPI. I, I will. I will offer this that I I do disagree with the idea of taking sentinels out of the uh, out of the CQC role just for practical purposes. Like you can. It's really easy to say that you want people to be able to like move fast, be very agile, but like for real, like when it's tight quarters, it's just better to tank and give damage. So, really, the problem the problem with that philosophy, while it is better to tank and give damage, the primary attack suit should be an assault. The primary suit that should be shining in CQC is the assault. See, and Sentinels, there we go back to vision, where no, no, you no. have the thing people is, is, debating what it's for and why it's for that. And, yep. And yeah, the assault the itself, is, the big problem with the assault is that since dust began, almost everyone's been saying it's the jack of all trades, but most of the time they also want to drop the master of none part. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to think of the, I've never really outright said this, I'm inclined to think of the assault as your mainline infantry, okay, if that makes sense. Your mainline infantry. Uh, Sentinel, as far as I'm concerned, and I've been playing a Sentinel since the beginning of Chromosome, it's been my baby. As far as I'm concerned, Sentinels and Assault is not a mainline infantry. It's a support. It's built like a support rig. It's absolutely everything about it is built like a support thing. But every disadvantage that it has, the low mobility, the sensor blindness, is negated by CQC. Everything. It, right. But that's, I think, where it's supposed to work well and it tends to work really well. That's mostly because of the DPS of the HMG. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> if you, if you, no, 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 literally. If With you, the... um, the more, the more you drop the DPS and extend the range of the HMG, I guarantee you're going to see a reversal of this. Sentinels are going to become more useful at range and less useful in CQC. 
Uh, it's just the, the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the HMG. The weapon is dictating the role, not the suit. I see. I, I just think one of the problems that CCP always comes into with the Sentinels is that it's so tied to the HMG because CCP never got around to releasing other any other weapon variants uh, on the heavy, you know, on the heavy slot. And so you basically uh, all I just... all CCP has to work with is the HMG and getting it to work they're like well you know you end up with people you know when you modify that you have an entire class of people who are like ah no don't do this don't do that type of deal rather than Uh them having options to go to i just did a calculation against armor with their proficiency and armor bonus the hmd hmg does 1100 dps cut a quarter of that off the top Cut a quarter of that off the top for applied DPS unless your barrel's touching the target. Yeah, yeah but that's it, true, but still, that's... I uh, don't... Yeah, but I don't think that's... That, that doesn't... Again, we go back to this, is it logical? Does it make sense? The reality it doesn't. is... It, it, like, here's the thing. Like, a, a machine gun like that, like a weapon system like that, if it touches you, it it's kind of like a fucking chainsaw. Like, that's how that works. Like, for real. And... I like the idea of having uh, a lot of dispersion. It's very difficult to control maybe, but it works really good either mounted on a lav. And that's actually what I really think that they should have done is went with whatever you can mount on a lav is what the heavy carries. And if you'd have that would make sense, wouldn't something it? like that, like you could have, you could have worked it out pretty well, I think. But I mean, it's it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. That's basically what a forge gun is. If you think about it. Yeah. I'm that's not going to argue there. Huh. I'm I mean, not going to argue there. I, I mean, speaking speaking of things that don't make sense within the context of the game, damage mods should not be giving you bonus damage to both sides of the profile when profile I, I is that. a basic thing. Well, now, yeah. I mean, the way we deal damage in the game generally is one that, like, the the thing I've always I've always kind of wondered about is weapon proficiency as a skill. Okay, so I, I like to think I'm pretty good uh, utilizing, like, in, in the real world, like for realsies. I'm actually pretty good with this. And no matter how well I train, I can't make the bullet hit you any harder. I can be more accurate. I can choose my engagement better, but the bullet is the bullet. And so I really think I need to change how that works. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I've fired just about every possible type of weapon that you can imagine. I can do 9 out of 10 at 500 meters with an M16 on iron sights. I can't make the bullet hit harder. Well, this all also comes in into question too of lore versus game mechanics. You know, like what is real. You know, like I, I I've heard the the argument before of real life versus a game, right? And what's to say that any any skill that you train makes gives you better understanding of how the weapon works, so that you're more efficient with it, like a surgical strike kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I can buy that. You can buy that to a point, yeah. But when I always just assumed it foot, was technical, that yeah. it was a mer- yeah. knowing how to modify their gun a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, can, I can kind of See, buy that. that yeah, that would be that. that would be something buying, but they'd need to put that into the description. Well, well I mean, the other thing is like, does it match so much? Not really, and I think Arcane is right. Like that's where I was going with it. It, it. At the end of the day, it's it's not Call of Duty. It's designed to be a science fiction game. Now, so you have to suspend some belief on some things. Now, I don't think you need to suspend <laughs> logic, but you can suspend, you know, some level of belief on some areas. So, I, like, Speaking generally, of Call of Duty, it's actually doing the power armor thing better than dust. 
Yeah, that, yeah, I'll give you that. Now, the question is, is this brings back up to a thing where I made a point and Kane actually made a better point because he had a better handle on it. What's Dust trying to be? Is it trying to be an action shooter, more like Destiny, or is it trying to be a tactical shooter? It, it is trying to be a free-to-play-to-win game. How about that? Like, no shit. Like, the first thing I noticed when I fired up, the, like, uh, like earlier this week when I came back and I fired up the game, like, I remember the whole, hey, hey, buy Orm and, you know, get there faster kind of thing that was sort of in the background. Every time I turned around, there was, like, some digital, like, floozy sticking her hand out for more fucking Orm. So, yeah. <laughs> I was, that, that's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> so, and now you have your digital floozy asking you for Orm. <laughs> Well, like we talked talked about last week. Uh, hi, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry I'm late. This this, this is lethargic. Um, no problem. Uh, like we talked about last week, is that it was very important for any free to, to play game to have a good mo- monetization model, and it's really good that CCP is is actually building a healthier model in which that their free to play game can support more revenue income, so that they can de- develop their game further. Absolutely, I'll agree. There's nothing wrong with the company trying to make money. The, they didn't do enough of it, and they weren't trying to do it the right way originally, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so we're on the same page then. Yeah, yeah. No, I, the I thing don't is, is the Quaif, make money. Yeah. The Quaif BPOs, the Apex suits, they're excellent ideas. They need to go with things that are of similar veins, things that don't break the game, but provide a useful function. And so far, they're doing a fair job of it. It's just they they need to include the options, you know. Don't not everything has to be a BPO, and I don't necessarily encourage just everything to be a BPO. In the future, I would recommend that they actually talk with the community before they release the stuff. I I mean the quiff is nothing to worry about, but the uh, the some apex of the fits on the apex we never yeah, but with the apexes we never had any warning. By the time Ratati said anything about it, it was about to be released. Which no, I, we uh, had warning. It was just not very clear what we were getting warning of. That's not a warning, then. <laughs> no, well, he you just to, said you'll see on Monday. Well, there, there's also a time frame issue with a whole lot of this. And as much as I am a devout believer in communication, you know, it's what I've been ranting about since closed beta. There are certain things within the real world context of business where you simply cannot have that feedback loop. There is not time. That's just reality. Something else to uh-huh. c- consider as well is that the re- a possible reason that they're not talking to us a- as much as we would like them to is possibly be- be- because of the fact that they're they're going to, to release us a certain kind of uh, of content. We may not understand why or its purpose, and we may think it's game b- breaking, but there's probably another reason for it. Like there's going to be content that they can't talk about immediately but, but but they can talk about this con- content but it supports each other does does that make sense yeah no it's it's just it, it's a matter it, of transmitting what's like how things snap together in, in sort of a roadmap style discussion um but no that's, so, that's a good point so the cpm i think somebody on the uh, cpm asked a question a while back i think it was iron wolf saber about his vehicle thread that seemed to go nowhere he was looking for feedback on um, well, he put it in gd yeah, that was his first mistake. But uh, as far as the vehicle feedback thing, one of the questions that he asked was, uh, would people accept you know, having the MR and Minmitar vehicles using uh, art assets that are repainted appropriately? Yes. 
let's 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 be blunt here. We've been missing the content for so long. There's nobody in their right mind is going to go. No, I'm going to hold out for the perfect visual yeah. representation. Don't no, true Adam True that's well. my perfection. I, you know what? But, True Adamance is one person out of how many accounts? But no, the, no, I, I totally agree with you. Man. There's, yeah, there's no, so many things. Say that he uh, does want the repainted holes. I, I understand that CCP wants to make their stuff special, and they want to have everything, you know, have a visual represent, representation. And I respect this. But we're at the point where, you know, reusing the art assets to introduce new content isn't going to exactly piss the player base off. No. Speaking of, we hey could guys, use whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, existing art assets for heavy weapons. Hey, give me give me a quick second, guys. Um, so I, I hate to break in, but I actually need to jet here in a couple in like a couple seconds. I wanted to give a, a quick shout out and then literally just kind of kind of throw the red meat back to the audience and let you guys kind of continue the discussion on uh, what I'm now euphemistically referring to as the breaking mast show. Uh, so we'll, we're going to have to like excise like breaking so that he can have his own show and just like a running monologue all day that I can listen to in my car when I'm driving around. It's fucking awesome. So uh, like in all, in all seriousness, uh, I really do need to get going, but I, I did want to like give a quick shout out to the team here. Um, everybody that joined us today, uh, lethargic, thanks for coming in. You, you know, I know you came in a little bit late. Appreciate it. Arkina, Breakin, Catmurk, Cross, Kane, uh, Pokey, Sry. I, I appreciate everybody coming on the show today. I, I really do. It was pretty cool to actually put voices to a lot of the names that I've been reading in, in uh, Skype and on the forum. So uh, I appreciate that. It's it's a lot of fun to be back on the show uh, after a little bit of a hiatus, but I did want to give a shout out to uh, Agony Unleashed on my way out. Uh, they've got a roam later today, uh, an NPSI roam in Eve. So join up over in Stackmon if you want to this afternoon. Uh, and other than that, a quick shout out to the Best of Us channel in Eve, uh, and you can actually access it from your desk client as well. It's a uh, it's basically a channel for uh, for veterans, for military veterans. It doesn't doesn't matter what country you're from. Uh, it's just a very uh, th it's not a lot of in game discussion. It's just kind of a, a place where uh, vets go and, and kind of hang out that uh, play the game. So play well CCP games in general. So did want to give that a quick uh, a quick shout out. So on that note, guys, I really do have to get going, and I'm gonna leave it in Pokey and Zell's capable hands. And again, capable. Like, well, I, I have to throw him a bone, man. You got to work with me. So the, uh, but I do, I do appreciate uh, letting, let me involved in the uh, discussion day. And uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. So I've got to, I got to get jetting guys. Good luck and good hunting. Right. See you later, Jay. Goodbye. Grab a squad sled this week. Absolutely. I'll try to catch you guys. All right. So uh, back to what we were talking about with the, uh, the vehicle variants. I mean, I've been pushing that thread oh, God. pretty hard for a while. What? <laughs> Back to not it. just the vehicles, we not just the vehicles. Everything from well, sniper true. rifle fair, style, fair. all the precision weapons that we we need, all of the suppression weapons that we need, all of the heavy but weapons that we need. Everything could be same, used on re reused art assets. At the same time, adding thing what we, what has to be avoided is adding things for the sake of adding things. That's no, true, I would agree. It, it I, would agree. I, think, I think we need to look at what we're missing like, yes. in the tactical gameplay sense. Yeah, and in areas like, okay, because we don't have this asset and this asset, you know, these um, variants, how is that affecting our ability to actually balance properly and that sort of thing? Right. 
heavy uh, weapons. Two heavy weapons. Uh, several, an entire two racial profiles of vehicles. Um, there's a couple miscellaneous light weapons. I mean, let's face it, the Amar selection of weapons is anemic. There is also a lack of anti-shield uh, weaponry that can actually hit dropships. That's kind of where the Galent and the Amar heavy weapons would fall in, as well as um, yes, as a uh, gal- not a Galent, but an, um, an Amar uh, light weapon meant for AV, as well as a Mimitar weapon for punching armor. We're, we're still I missing do those. imagine a Amarian AV would be like a laser that just absolutely. And, and the thing is, is with the Amar AV, you could either repurpose the forge gun model and paint it gold, or you could use the laser rifle model and make it bigger or what have you. Old forge gun. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, I prefer the idea of, you know, painting the forge gun model gold, but that's because I it looks like a heavy weapon. How hard it is to just uh, modify existing models, like not create new ones, just modify existing models. They, just they've done say skin elongate for- stuff and stuff like that. Anything you change, anytime you change a mesh, that's going to be an issue. But if you're just changing a skin, like they've um, like they've shown with suits, that can be done. Um, yeah, I know via about hotfixes. Yeah, I know about suits. I'm just talking about meshes. Um, that's the thing is, is anytime you start adjusting the mesh, you can start bumping into problems, and the poly count's going to by necessity change. This is uh, this is making me remember back in the day when remember if you uh, switched weapons too fast, you would end up with hybrid weapons. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The thing a is, rifle SMG. if you start, let's 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 use this as an example. I've actually used Maya, and I can't imagine 3ds Max is much different. When you take a model that you've actually got solid, and you've got the poly count set, you've removed all of the extraneous polys that you don't need in order to keep the rendering uh, load down. If you start stretching that out, you can create visual artifacting where, like, you will start seeing through the weapon. You will start. Uh, seeing the texture go into some bizarre and unnatural configuration. You will have the visual effect of the weapon look like it's folding back in on itself or something equally stupid. Uh, The problem with changing the meshes is the fact that you have to change the poly count in order to account for those changes. Well, how, like, what's the problem? Uh, any depending on how big the changes are, anywhere from you know a full work day to alter the poly count to having to rebuild it from scratch. So we're better off just doing pallet mm. swaps, which take twenty minutes. I mean, that's more reasonable to ask for. Yeah, I was just wondering how feasible it would be to change the meshes. I wasn't aware that it could actually require rebuilding the weapon. Yeah. Um, generally when I was messing around with Maya because of the nature of the beast, anytime I tried to change the mesh, I usually wound up having to rebuild it from zero. Now there are better people who are much better at modifying those than I am. And I'm just an amateur. But the thing is, is anytime you change it, not only do you have to change it, but then you've got to go and re-render it and re-render it. You got to find where all the fail points are and re-render. It. Then you got to stick it in the game on a uh, client and, and test it, see how it performs in the game. Does the 
charge mechanics show up correctly does the the weapon try to fold in on itself and turn into a giant pink dildo magically when the uh, forge gun uh, charge accidentally gets applied to it you know that might sell depending on who you're talking to let's not pick on them too much All right, guys, I don't want to, in the sake of time, I think we should probably move on. I think it's a pretty lengthy topic we'll hit at a different time. But I wanted to mention a few things about um, the equipment bandwidth uh, concept that's been rolling around. I know Cross is here. He's pretty big in the lodging stuff, so it might be a good topic to go into. So, Zell, do you want to head that up? No. Um, Okay. Um, So, basically, the the equipment bandwidth thing is um, going to set um, how many things you can have deployed um, logistics-wise to uh, your suit. So if you switch suits, you will um, th- you will lose things um, uh, down to the bandwidth of your new suit if uh, if it's lower than your your previous suit. Starting with the old stuff first, and it's also yeah, and it and it's going to prevent the ability to you know just constantly switch suits and drop like piles of of, of gear. I think it, there was a thread in the war room where someone had like spelled out GGFA with uplinks and nanohives and i just responded uh with a link to the equipment bandwidth thread and and fixed (laughs) see the uh i think my the favorite uplink spam i ever saw is someone drew a giant arrow pointing to the objective on a domination map with uplinks (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh that might actually get the blueberries to do something i think that was the idea exactly so will this prevent um people from stacking different types of uplinks to deploy a lot of them, or is it just to prevent this, the yeah. suit swapping? You, you, I can't, would say you can't stack yes. uplinks of different types either over a certain... Like, each suit is going to have a hard number, you know, a hard concept of this is how many items that this suit can have deployed actively, and nothing more will be able to, you know, anything more you deploy will destroy your oldest equipment. That makes me also think of maybe increasing... Like giving Logis increased uh, equipment carry amount, like give a 100% bonus to how much equipment you carry. There's a reason why I keep saying that Cross's proposals that he's been uh, bouncing back and forth and taking to Rattati uh, are compatible with the bandwidth changes because Cross's ideas actually are compatible with one of the things Rattati said is where we want to make the Logis not only be able to carry more, but better quality. Yes. It's almost I mean, like they, the, way... the guy talks to me on occasion. I know, it's kind of creepy. And I, it's <laughs> amazing how many people don't consider that when they're looking at what Rattati's saying and then they're looking at your thing here and they're assuming that because we're doing bandwidth, your proposal has been thrown out the window somehow. Impossible. What's uh... a cooperating? Impossible! Exactly. Players and devs do not cooperate. They fight. To the death. <laughs> you want me to fight me, I already... Retarded declined my challenge. I'm very sad. Yes, uh, I, I would decline it. your challenge too because I'm bored. So, is the bandwidth a set value for the suit, or does it increase with skill? Um, set value for the suit a based on meta level. Yes, <laughs> uh, protologists get like 32 bandwidth, and an uplink costs four. That simplifies a all lot numbers of currently fake, but yeah. Okay, so equipment is not created the same in terms of bandwidth cost. I I think one thing, though, looking at that bandwidth proposal, though, I I almost feel that we should try to avoid introducing any more tiering into the environment. And so I think, like, all logis, like, whether it's basic, proto, or advanced, should actually have the same bandwidth. Sort of, like, 
taking this opportunity to give uh, standard and advanced logic the same uh, amount of equipment slots as uh, the prototype versions. Because as it says right now, a standard logic is like a scout has two equipment and a standard logic has two equipment as well. So uh, the Mimitor has three, but um, no, you're right. The tiering, is, we don't need to introduce more tiering, quite frankly. it's We could introduce the equipment bandwidth tiering, but uh, give the, like, STD and advanced logics the same amount of equipment. Well, the worry, yeah. I, worry I have with doing tiering on suits is, like, you have all... Uh, I mean, you see a lot of situations in which uh, a battle starts going poorly, so people start switching into less expensive gear to try to mitigate their losses, right? So, a logi switching Wait, from, a proto, from a proto from a proto to a to a to a basic logi, all of a sudden, like their equipment's popping, even though they're actually still in a logi suit. I just don't think that's necessarily uh, good design. Kane, since when do people care about disc? Uh, when they're not Kane. Or people who've been harvesting uh, PC money. I've been har- harvesting spleens from red berries. <laughs> That's because spleens taste better than Isk does, damn you. An interesting There's thing to, to think about is that bandwidth should probably be scaled with the number of equipment the suit can equip, right? So if you've got three slots, you need less bandwidth than if you've got four slots. So in that regard, you almost kind of have to have a tiering so it makes sense in terms of how much equipment you can carry unless they all have the same amount, which is what you were saying, where all lodges get the prototype level of equipment carrying rather than the, the, the scaling factor we have now. Girl, let's just tier aside the suits. It makes more sense that way. Oh, I wish. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I keep looking at the Apex suits. Tier aside hmm. everything. Oh my god, those could have been such a great opening for removing the different tiers of suits. I think, honestly, probably, a, a, I mean, hey, don't want to get off too far off subject from the bandwidth thing. It's just, you know, give all suits. Don't change the slots. Give everyone the same slot layout. Just, you know, be the, it's your grid and CPU is what the variance is. Well, let's face it, scouts don't need um, as much bandwidth for deployables as Sayology does. Let's face it, most people are going to run under the expectation that a scout's going to carry a cloak and REs. Um, <laughs> well, yes, their bandwidth is 12 yeah. and yeah. assaults is 16. So, I actually gave Soraya a bit of a scare when I, said, when I started saying that Sentinels need to have zero bandwidth. Because he was like, wait, I didn't see Sentinels in the proposal anywhere. Where are you seeing this? Yes. What, what, you, what, you, you sounded what, what, like there what? was a, a, a panicked need for this to be cha- fixed. You know what? And so if I agreed with you, and I'm like, okay. And then I realized the proposal was already that way. You see, the problem yep. is if it's not actually written down, that always leads a, a, in an that- area open to interpretation. So that's one of the things, like, it'd be really nice on that spreadsheet to be like, Sentinel bandwidth zero. zero. Yeah, the Sentinels the same bandwidth as logistics. See the forms cry. No, no, no. Please. God, no. Fuck. There, there's no way that ends well. They're easily scared. You'd be careful. <laughs> Someone raised actually a pretty good point though about the scouts and that supposedly the reason scouts had two equipment, which I'm not a fan of, but the, supposedly the reason is that they need to carry the cloak. So what you can do is if you keep their bandwidth really low, you can kind of force them to only really use one of those slots for deployables and then you know something think, else 
which is it's kind yeah. of an interesting side effect that I kind of like. I think it's I, I think it's fine because um, I mean I've also run Scout for a while, and you know you can run uh, you know you can run one proto uplink, and you know that's not going to kill your bandwidth, and then you can run you know a, a scanner or something like that. It doesn't necessarily need to be the whole a scout doing everything as well as every other suit and also you know people moonlighting in roles i think is one of the things bandwidth addresses pretty pretty well um you know the whole point is it's not going to be there's no what's the point of having a logi on the field if all you have to do is have somebody spam a whole bunch of equipment at the beginning of a match and then switch to a sentinel and it marginalizes oh, logi and removes the need for them have Say you have a squad of six assaults, just everybody pick a different equipment. So basic, so you basically have a logi within the squad uh, within the squad without actually having a logi. Yeah, but the thing is with the bandwidth change is what most most of the logi players who claim to be habitual logi players, and I'm getting a lot of them complaining about the fact that they're stuck as a logi. So that tells me that there's a lot of tourism going on there. Oh yeah. Um, but one of the things that the bandwidth is going to do is it is going to change logies in such a way that a good logie who is willing to field proto is going to be more valuable than anything else on the field because you're going to have someone who's dedicated to the role, who knows what they're doing, and can deploy and upkeep your stuff. Speaking of the tourism, I actually suggested a module that increases your bandwidth. So say you switch to a combat suit, if you put a few modules on it, no, no, no. you Make it equipment. can you can keep a bit of the equipment, just not all of it. Unless you well, just you already no, no, keep no. a bit of the equipment, especially at proto level. No no no. If you if you want to do what you're suggesting there, dude, make it equipment. No, make it like an equipment slot. Like it's yes. a Yes. Make it a passive equipment huh. slot item. That way you still do not get sentinels bypassing the need to have somebody else supporting them. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually I have, think of sentinels. Yeah, there's 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 some very serious concerns where sentinels are involved anytime you start fucking with slot items. Because they've already got a, a really weird niche and letting them letting people continue doing the rooftop forging by supporting themselves and then being allowed to spawn on the same spot with the sentinels can have their slots removed and they will still be quite effective mm, i mean that's why the militia heavy thing is quite popular the militia heavy thing is quite popular because you get some of the effect at a minimal cost that's Pretty much the cost is the popularity Not factor. Some of there. it, I'd say 70%. Yeah, the thing is, is the militia is a heavy frame, it doesn't actually get the sentinel uh, bonuses to resistance. Mm, good point. You could always just use yeah. a standard suit. You, you use the militia frames because you use the militia sentinel because you want to save money, not because you want efficiency. I guess that's where standard suits come in. Yep, pretty much. I just, I'm not so convinced that there needs to be a way, like every time they, that CCP comes up with proposals, like, okay, we want to do bandwidth to do this, this, and this. I don't think we always, I don't think we necessarily right off the gun have to say, well, let's create a way for people to bypass it as well or to mitigate it. I think, you know, sometimes it's good to just have something be established and just let, let it be almost, you know? 
I'm not saying of a module like that being in game right off the hop. If it's shown to be potentially useful or necessary later, when this has been in the game for a month or two, then that's a discussion worth having. But yeah, planning I'm not for saying it it game, it's it's mm. just having the ball rolling on the discussion. Well, the other question on that one is going to be who's it more valuable to? Uh, a logistics suit? Who would be the one that we'd want to target for something like that? Or to, say, the scout, which has proven to be a problem. Well, and then there's also the question of uh, module effect on performance. Because as much as all of my personal testing has shown no correlation, apparently CCP has internal numbers that show that there is a correlation, which means that game-wide, part of what wants to happen is bring down the total number of deployables on the field, full stop which means that any module like that that dilutes the bandwidth proposal is probably a bad call because anything that makes it so more suits can have more stuff out than the proposal is counterproductive to part of the goal. Yeah. Well, uh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So um, one of the nice things that isn't really seeming to make it onto the forums that a couple people have brought up but has seemingly been brushed completely off as useful is the fact that logistic suits if you are a dedicated logi and you go out you lay out all your equipment up to your maximum your bandwidth you can switch to another logistics fit with the same bandwidth cost and instead of being running deployables you can be running your rep tool your scanner your needle and all of your other support things and then swap back and forth without losing any of your deployables that you've thrown out just imagine if you had a pro bpo somehow Hmm. I hmm. wonder where that could come into play as useful. Nope, clearly this is not going to happen. Um, so I guess we're going to have to move along, right? Right. Another thing I like about the bandwidth concept is it's a it's a standing concept we have in Eve with deployables being drones and that each drone has a cost and you can only have so many out of varying types based off the ship's bandwidth. And I think it's good that while people say that dust isn't Eve, I gives like me another idea. Yeah, I, I like the fact that we can take an Eve concept that is shown to work and make it applied to dust in an effective way. So I think the the more ways to make that correlation between the two and actually have it work in a reasonable manner is is really good. So I'm glad to see this kind of concept because I think it's pretty solid. What's your idea, Kat? Yeah, just, well, for a second I thought, hmm, maybe we should, like there's a bandwidth and, there's, and then there's a drone storage, I don't remember what it's called. Maybe have something similar, so logistics would have more equipment. And then I realized, oh yeah, they have more slots. So never mind. Yeah, well, logistics are uh, logistics are both something that need buffing and something that need watching. The bandwidth thing puts some limitations on them, but I think if a lot of Cross's ideas get used by Rotati, as far as uh, buffing the logistics, especially your idea about normalizing one thing between that? the commandos i'll i'll share that with you here in a bit or somebody else will uh one of the things that has been proposed that seems to have some serious promise for like commandos that we that noise has been made about including in logis too as far as the survivability is cranking up basically dialing their rep capacity and their recovery capacity up to 11 so basically making logistics and commandos the ones who recover from fights faster than everybody else. Uh, I don't know. Because... Well, within the frame lines. Like, logistics would be recovering faster than assaults. 
commandos would be recovering faster than sentinels and there's going to be some overlap like game wide but it's not meant to be necessarily either of them is the last word in recovery full stop that's more fine tuning of balance recovery you're if you One. give a logistics better recovery than assaults, you're treading a dangerous line. No, 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 no. Bullshit on that. Catmer, it the 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 cowl logistics became the Slayer logi phenomenon. The cowl logistics and the Galent logistics became the Slayer logi solely because they were only a hundred points behind the Sentinels for EHP. Not because of the recovery bonus, because it was only five hit points per second. Yeah, they were only f- about 200 hit points behind Sentinels at the time. Yeah, it, w- it was never the Lodgy reps, and it was never all the Lodgy suits. It was a lot more specific, and the blanket community no, response and blanket nerves were just that, terrible. I'm not saying that it was the reason, though. It did help. I'm just saying well, that... Well, Lodgy's shouldn't have less EHP, which is not the same thing as HP, just so that we're completely clear on that. They should not have less EHP than an assault. They shouldn't be able to stand and deliver fire as an assault can, but they shouldn't just be their squishy cousins who always get rolled when a fight happens. Now, yeah. you, get, you can give the assault damage that outpaces the logic, and that's fine, and that's as it should be, but the the notion in a game that is combat-based where support actions are not directly applicable to combat in most scenarios cannot have a context where a given role is not viable to survive in combat. A logic can't do its job when it's dead. So a logic that doesn't have EHP that is combat viable is useless. Yeah, I never said yeah. that. Uh, I, and I do think logics need their speed increased even above assault levels because... Believe it or I not, run, that's not off the table. The as speed run, increase for logics is not off the table. As I ran with Arcana today, he was a logi and... And I was slowed in cat because he... Well, it's one, of, <laughs> it's one of the reasons yes. that in some situations the scout's actually a better logi uh, because he can actually keep up with... Like, say, um, I mean, I've seen people run repers on a scout, you know, repair tool on a scout, and the scout actually does a better job of it because I can actually follow the fat suit around better. Oh, yeah. yeah and well, that's true. I feel yeah. as well. the Minotaur logi being a very, very good mobile ambulance... Yeah, the Mimitar Lodge is the only one that really does it well. I just imagine yes. a Mimitar suit with like the, the red and blue lights on its shoulders as it's running around the battlefield. <laughs> we need one. Tell Rotati that this needs to For be a him. reskin. This needs to happen. Yep, this needs to be a BPO reskin. Yep, we need to have a Sisters of Eve we need to have Sisters of Eve Lodgy suits. <laughs> that actually is Make not too bad. Sound, it's actually not a bad idea. I would love to see additional sound. faction suits beyond the, the four nations, you know, pirates, yeah. sisters of Eve, stuff like that. The problem with the pirate suit, the the pirates, we need to unscrew a lot of the stuff before we start including the pirate suits. I I, I we love need to the idea. Stuff before we screw stuff again. Yeah, because remember how you you've seen how much of a problem balance wise that they've had with pirate bonusing in Eve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. How 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 fun do you think it's going to be to deal with the nerf bat and buff bat with pirate bonusing on two different drop suit skills for dust? Yeah, well, I think people get caught up in the oh, we want all these things and we want them now, and it's like you really have to take a a, a more uh, phase approach to it. Like, okay, what's what's the most important yeah. right now? What's the most important after but, that? What comes after? But that? I got a lot, also- I got a lot of flack for that today, um, yesterday on the forums. Because someone um, came up and made their post um, 
uh, linking all the slides from FanFest 2013 is like, so um, when are all these <laughs> things coming? And I'm like, um, that was a pretty no. much completely different development team. And there's a ton of things that are more, you know, useful for the game design. And it's like, but racial parody. And I'm like, but good gameplay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon Lorraine. True played, Adamant, of course, was the, a part of that thread, as you can imagine. Of course. Look, look, he, he, the stuff that Brandon said yeah. cannot be taken. Like, you can't. Oh, man. That was just like, yeah. I'm going to sum up the problems with the forums right now. The Dust Player community has unrealistic expectations of the dev team. Unfortunately, these unrealistic expectations have been fed by premature promises and unrealistic assessments of what could be done. Don't forget the lack of communication, too. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, when the dev team says something, when the dev team's... Yeah, well, when the devs team says something and they don't provide a context for that something, then you get the crystal balling and the assumptions, and then everybody gets excited about something that was completely different from what they were expecting, and boo-hoo, we've got more bitching on the forums. So. Right, but the, the point with the 2013 FanFest stuff is that it's a complete, you know... A, I don't think they were technically promises to begin with, because I, I heard but CCP promised this like four times on that thread. No, they um, didn't promise anything. They said this is what we're hoping to put have MTEX early twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and the you know, it's it's a different dev team. You don't necessarily you know, if if uh one team does a bad job, the next team doesn't come in and say, Okay, we're gonna do exactly what the other team was doing. Um, you know, and anything that was made as a even if it was a promise anything said by you know a previous team is not going to be indicative of what the current direction is so wolfman said that we're going to have this i'm sorry Ratati's not wolfman i'm going to agree with you there much as it pains me to agree with you on anything i'm sorry i'm actually no, you're not. Not wolfman. you've got that bottle out for tears you're i see not it sorry at all <laughs> This is not quite a tear thing. It's more like an ulcer kind of thing. But I mean, I think it was like, wasn't it Jan or something who was doing that that presentation? I don't remember. Yeah, that's what we, Brandon. So they go by his yeah, since he's no longer at CCP. Didn't he leave? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you get the people who are making these promises and making this speculation, and they are all gone, or they're working on other projects. <clears throat> How the hell are you supposed to pick up on something unless they've kept very meticulous notes on how this stuff was supposed to fit together? Well, the other problem is... Well, wait, 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 wait. If they kept meticulous notes on how this was supposed to fit together, the point that you have to look at here is whether or not they had an idea how it was supposed to fit together to begin with. Yeah, a lot of it... Uh, you can, that's, you can, that's a logical leap that we are a lot not of ready stuff, to make yet. A lot of stuff in Dust feels like slapdash. Like, it was just like, you know, hey, this is cool... Let's put it in because it will maybe it'll be something that people will be like, "Ooh, it's cool. This is cool." Uh, there, yeah, I'm gonna agree there. Uh, like the there commando. is one thing I wish. Yeah, that the I commando would... was like a bone thrown to the heavy community. It was, and it was a bad bone. But can I uh, make a suggestion that I suggest that I would like you guys to present to Ratati as far as the this assault an agenda go? you want pushed? No, this is a suggestion. Oh, okay. um, basically take away the whole jack-of-all-trades idea for assault and replace with mainline infantry, vanguard infantry. These are the guys who jump out of the bus, out of the boat, and attack the beach. They're the U.S. Marines. They're the Army, you know, mainline guys. 
they're not jacks of all trades. They're attackers. They're the guys who build trench lines. They are fighters. Pure and simple, not a jack of all trades suit. They are just main line infantry. Kill everything. That's kind of the point of the infantry. They're not trying to do everything at once. They're just there to blow your ass away. Well, what would you change from what they currently do to reach that goal? Mindset. Because, like I say, you know, when, I, when I say that the assault should be the, the vanguard, they should be the main line, um, the philosophy I'm operating on is just one of tactical doctrine. There is no yeah. functional tactical doctrine involved in the balancing of dust right now. <clears throat> I guess the thing that I've been trying to beat around and trying to come to badly is the fact that my whole idea behind the Sentinel Battle Roll proposal and a couple other different things are based around the idea of creating a tactical doctrine that people can use. With logistics being support, they're obviously support. They're not a mainline Slayer suit. Scouts are kind of iffy because there's they're very good at assassinations, but they're also very good at doing other stuff. Um, the problem is, is they're not distinct enough from assault suits to really make a difference. Unfortunately, the Sentinel suit, which would be perfect and beautiful as a fire support and vehicular destruction suit, which are both support roles for Vanguard infantry, again, are currently the main line because of map building and the fact that they are clustered into CQC. Uh, just a note, the HMG... Because of the the way shield regeneration works on vehicles now, it can't actually even kill LAVs if it doesn't no, have fluxes. No, it can't. It, it can't. And unless you popped it with an AV grenade or a forge gun or something similar, you can't kill a vehicle. It's that simple. So that's kind of stupid in my opinion. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the HMG is already so good at anti-personnel. I'm not sure if it really necessarily needs a leading role in also killing vehicles as well. No, no it doesn't. It be so good at anti-infantry? The, the thing is, is... While everybody occasionally tries to call the HMG a suppression weapon, suppression is a combination of range and damage. You can't have a suppression weapon that has, you know, a range that's shorter than your dick. It's that simple. I'm sorry. The laser rifle is actually a very, very well-designed suppression The laser weapon. rifle is one of two weapons that fits the suppression role. The only close-range suppression weapon that we have is the mass driver, and it's a grenade launcher. They suppress things. It's the way they work. But the laser rifle is literally the only traditional suppression weapon in the game. The reason why uh, I made I mean, the Sentinel I'd... battle roll was because I would like to see less Sentinels on the field, more assaults. Sentinels being the support for the assault vanguard. I just love the way the laser rifle was designed. Yeah. Because it's very, very damaging, but that's as long as you don't stay in cover. So yeah. basically perfect yeah. suppression weapon. That's that's the whole point of suppression is the, you have, the only way you suppress someone is if they're afraid they're actually going to bite it because they stick around. That's right. Yes, and at the, the same is, time, you yeah. can't have them super, super damaging to the point where you have no chance to run into cover. Oh, yeah, exactly. The problem with the HMG and – well, let's go with the assault rifle too because it's in the same, it's in the same range range. Um, there's a reason why most modern militaries, when you're ambushed within 50 meters, they don't tell you to hunker down. They tell you to charge assault through and kill. 
uh, because it's more efficient that way. The ranges are so short you can't suppress anybody. It's always going to be in your best interests to move in and take the kill. With the HMG, you don't try to keep them behind cover because they're so close. It's always more in your benefit to move forward and kill them. Well, that really comes down to one of the main functions of why the laser rifle is balanced is that it just naturally does less damage up close, which comes to the question of how do you make a long-range suppression weapon not uh, perform as well in close range, making it overpowered like a lot of the weapons we've been dealing with. That's why I was suggesting the uh, turn speed penalties on on the standard and assault HMGs. Uh, Not the burst, because that one's pure CQC. There's no way to make the burst useful Mm. at long range the way it is. As far as making assaults mainline infantry, I remember back when assaults before the buff, I suggested giving them very high regeneration, and I think that will still work. Since to be a mainline entry, you need to stay at the front line. You need to be able to keep a front line. You so need to be able to stay on the good, front lines, yeah, but the problem is, is if you just give them a massive regeneration buff, that does nothing to do to uh, mitigate the superiority of like a shotgun or a um, HMG and CQC. You're still going to have them yes, marginalized. They, they can't be the main line part. of defense. I think this is just... The, it, the problem, one, one change isn't going to do anything. We need to change multiple factors before this can happen, what you're talking yeah. about. Right, but like I said, as far as I, I think that we need to start looking at the assault as the main line and the other suits as the supporting line. Um, that's part of the problem with the drop suit balances is there's no clear vision. So now we've got Sentinels as the main line of defense. Main line of defense. They're also the door kickers. They all operate at close range in maps that are pretty much all CQC. Right. Does anybody else yep. see a problem with this? You know, or is it just me? Um, the problem yeah. with the problem with Sentinels is they're killable. They are infinitely killable. The problem is, is you can't get Sentinel players to expose themselves because their optimal is what's with in you asking people to tight. expose themselves? Well, because one, I like seeing people show their wangs and cotton. What do you think? You can't shoot a <laughs> sentinel with a charged sniper rifle while he's inside the Galant Laboratory. You can't. I mean, and the charged sniper rifle is purpose-built for blowing sentinels' heads off. To, what he's saying is that to get a line of sight on sentinels, you basically have to get within their optimal. That's why I keep saying sentinel disadvantages are completely offset by CQC. Because you can't get at them with the weapons that will kill them. You're inside their optimal. They'll kill you first, unless you happen to get a luck shot off with a plasma cannon. Or have an RE. Or shotgun. Right. But the thing is, is those are all situational weapons. And because of the ass pulls you have to do to make them effective against sentinels, they're overperforming against assault suits. So what do you suggest? Remember the effect where when you get hit, you your speed gets reduced? Yep, and I remember it didn't really affect me as a sentinel way back in the day. Yes. Now, what if we reintroduce it to the your design of the HMG, basically making it a... Like, I'm trying to make it a suppression weapon, and honestly, if I knew that an HMG is going to slow me down... I would say the fuck behind cover. Um, I'm, I, the thing is, is my concept for the HMG as a support weapon 
is very similar to your standard 30 caliber M60 Echo 3 240 Golf medium machine gun. It's a 30 caliber machine That's gun. That's a nice name. Under under normal circumstances, they are what are called crew-served weapons. The whole purpose of a heavy suit, as far as I can tell, is to make a uh, crew-served weapon, which would require two or more men to operate properly into a single-man weapon platform. Am I particularly far off as far as you guys are concerned? Mm, nope. Well, well, that's pretty much on. Let's let's look at the uh, standard light machine gun versus the HMG. Everybody's going to immediately go, keep your real life out of my game. Unfortunately, this is one of those things where real life inspiration can be used to balance it's an applicable. in-game problem. But you take that that LMG, okay, that or my medium machine gun, the 30 caliber long range, that thing will hit you from over a mile out accurately. But it's a four foot long gun. This is going to create problems in CQC to begin with. You can't whip that thing around. The second thing is it weighs over 20 pounds. I believe fully loaded with a belt, if I recall correctly, the, the damn thing is close on to 30 pounds. Can you imagine whipping that thing around in close quarters? Well, here's here's the thing, though. You're, you're in a, there's in an ISIS guy that can do it. You're, you're in this wonderful um, drop suit that uh, is basically a spaceship and probably assists you with carrying things. There's a precedent for what I'm talking about. Have you ever played freaking Warhammer 40k? No. Okay. Warhammer well, that's 40k. Your loss. Yeah, it's your loss. But uh, Warhammer 40k. Uh, one of the main groups is the Space Marines. They wear power armor. They they're heavy weapon. They mo- for the most part, they're kitted out in power armor in fashion very similar to what we have on our assault suits. Um, but they have these other guys called Terminators or Devastators. Um, Devastators are you know power armor suits with heavy weapons uh generally when they're firing they are they're locked in they're 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 static uh terminator suits are able to are closer to what we have for the heavies they're slower than the standard suits under normal circumstances but by the same token they can move and fire um but they're unwieldy they're unmaneuverable they're not really great for cqc except for dealing with things that are pretty much exclusively hand-to-hand uh, but the thing is, is they're slow turning, they're unmaneuverable, they're unwieldy and close, they're lethal at range because you just can't get close to them. But once you're in close, it's like shooting a turtle in the side of the head while it's on its back. That poor turtle. Yeah. The thing is, is when I say, you know, let's put a uh, turn speed penalty on the heavy weapon. You put it on the weapon itself for a specific reason. That way you can differentiate between a CQC heavy weapon like the Burst HMG which is beautifully designed. You can't use that as a vanguard weapon. It's best used in support of an an advance, an attack, or in support of a defense. It can't be the mainline one. It doesn't function long enough. It has very clear drawbacks. The problem is, is we've got sustained fire weapons in CQC, like the Boundless HMG. They can fire for too long. And now we're trying to control them through heat, which is great. The problem is, is eventually we're going to hit that point where we're on the razor's edge between too effective and completely useless. The, ba- the burst HMG hits the razor's edge, and it's standing on top of it. As long as none of the meta on any of the other suits changes overly much, it's going to remain balanced. As soon as you do so much as a hit point change on an assault suit, that balance goes out the window, and you got to find the razor's edge again. This is why I say the HMG in CQC is a problem. 
Well, guys, I think this is a really good discussion, but unfortunately, we're, we're pushing well over two hours now on, on the show, so we're probably going to be wrapping it up pretty soon here. Um, definitely a good topic to pick up next week. So, the chat room's pretty busy right now. Does this time work really well for everyone? It's better than yes. 11. Yes. This is about the only time you guys are ever going to be able to me. see me on this uh, show. Same. Okay, because I mean, yeah, it's I can actually make it Saturday. I can't speak for Zell or, or Jason, but for me, it's it's really not much of an issue. It's just noon on Saturday, and I'm not doing anything. So, I mean, it's something we could definitely uh, look into on a more regular basis. I'm not sure if we'll do it this yeah, time it, every it's week. It's not but. ideal perfectly, but um, you know, it's a workable thing on the weekends. We, so. we, we could figure it out, maybe tweak it, alternate back and forth, or something, figure something out. But it's it's good to see this many people on because sometimes we're a little hurting for guests on Sunday night, which yeah. I totally get because it's not ideal for a lot of people, especially with the time. So. Something we'll look into, but yeah, um, like I said, it, it's a really good discussion with the HMG. I think it's a it's something that deserves more time, but unfortunately, we're we're kind of pushing the limit here, and I got stuff to do, so we'll probably be moving on to uh, shout outs. Unless there's any quick topics anyone else has before we go. Nerf goldfish from Active Memory, thirty seconds to thirteen seconds. They're overpowered. Okay, and and their heat buildup's a little off. I just tweak that. <laughs> All right, guys, but we'll we'll move the shout-outs now. Uh, let's go down to the top of the list. Uh, lethargic? Um, let's just shout-out to all of our listeners. Thanks for tu- tuning in and supporting the Dust, dust community in, in that. Thank you. All right, cool. Arcana? Uh, shout-out to Terrible Form Warriors for making my day. Yeah, you can't let them get to you. <laughs> all right, breaking. Well, shout out to just about everybody, especially to the goon feet who actually listened to this show because you had to put up with listening to me for two hours straight. All right, Catmark. Same. Shout out to anyone who is actually listening. All right, and Cross. Uh, shout out to the feedback and ideas folks who have put up with me trying to do seven things at once because it needs to get done. And to the um, at least quote-unquote logistics players who apparently showed up to the game recently and asked me if I'd ever done the job because I think bandwidth makes sense. Yeah, well, you know how it goes. All right, Kane? Just a shout-out to the audience, and also uh, for anybody uh, looking to do any currency exchange, just hit me up. All right, uh, Soraya? Uh, shout-out to Kane for finally coming on the show. I think we've been trying to get you on it for like 25, 26 episodes or something. So. And for being hard-coded into 1.9. You're stuck oh, yeah. now, Sparrow. Yeah. Hopefully 1.10 doesn't nerf me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's good stuff, guys. You know, shout out to everyone here. Really glad to have you. It's good to get some new voices on. And you know, I, I do apologize for the weird time we had before. We'll we'll figure something out because I definitely like having lots of opinions and it was a really good show. So thanks for all being here. Uh aside from that, thanks for everyone listening. Uh my corp, Ratati, the whole team, everyone working in the Dust project. It's it's really shaping up, I mean honestly, my my expectations are pretty low post FanFest, and there's definitely change happening. And I feel like the game is actually moving forward and progressing uh, to some extent, which is which is really good to see. So it's definitely encouraging. But uh, yeah, with that, guys, you know, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we will let you know what we're doing with the times. I, I think, like I said, this works really well for a lot of people, at least for the guests, and it's not as much of a problem for for me and and hopefully it works for Jason and Zell to some extent once we figure out what we're doing. But overall, thanks for showing up and and listening to us. So with that, that's uh, episode 30? 30. All right, 30. We've actually survived 30 weeks of this. Yeah, it's (gasps) going strong. It's it's good. (laughs) Title, hashtag, dust is dust future. You know you want to, Zell. Oh, (laughs) jeez.
<laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you later. I was just thinking, you know, 30 weeks ago, I don't think anybody thought we had a future, so <laughs> we're doing good. <laughs>